Well, hello, people of Defend the House, and welcome back to another annual long game chat where me and Jameson break down our top 10 games of the year. 2021. Uh, that came and went quickly. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I was, blur. you know, I was still inside for a large chunk of it. I think a lot of people were. Uh, yep. And, you know, it was... Kind of feels like nothing's changed. Not... At least... Yeah, it depend, depends where you are. Depends on the country. Yeah. And it was a weird year because it was like the, the knock-on effects of the pandemic really kind of came crashing down. And, you know, there was stuff... Yeah. But I feel like it was a good year for smaller things rather than the big AAA boys who obviously suffered the most from the new conditions. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think after 2020 being just so unrelenting, I went into 2021 just being like, "Hey, if anything comes out right. this year, I'll be happy." And there were things. There were things. And there I liked things. them. There were some good games this year. I would say there's maybe not anything quite as, like, all-time great, you know, the, the mm -hmm. way it seems like we sort of have one of every year. Maybe right. not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's always easier to judge uh, after, like, another year has passed. You can look back and say, oh, yeah, that game, that game actually was pretty amazing. But right. it did, didn't feel like there were quite as many heavy hitters this year, for sure. Mm -hmm. and I think... Uh, I think the biggest problem with 2021 was the same that 2020 had, which is that just the pacing sucked. Right. It was like, there were like three games at the beginning of the year, and then like indies, 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 and then three games at the end of the year, which were all terrible, and a bunch more indies. <laughs> and I, I like the indie games, but, you know, they yeah. can only sustain for so long. Yes, yes. And, uh... Eating appetizers all day, every day, is not the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, well, we shouldn't speak too soon about 2022, because everything's no. coming out in February, and who well, knows? I know, that's the thing, know. yeah. There was already one big delay. Uh, I didn't really give a shit about Stalker 2, but it just oh, was like, yeah. oh, here we go. Harry Potter's yeah. going to be 2023. Everything's going to be 2023. Yeah, it does sort of feel like that's starting, but also... February does have like nine games coming out, which is great, but also is exactly the problem that the yes. last two years have had. So I don't know, but I won't complain. I won't complain no, once February cool. comes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of hard to like feel enthused about much of anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Enthusiasm has died, but it'll get there as we talk about these things. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, we it always does. So I guess if uh, people have never watched one of these, uh, we have been doing this for nine years now. Yeah, this is our ninth one, which is... Nine years. Oh, boy. So if any of you idiots in the comments right now being like, what, what, three hour video, four hour, five or six hour video, what is this? Uh, yeah. We've been doing it for almost a decade. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Get with it, people. Not our fault you're nine years behind, mate. Catch up. You, you know what we should do? I'm just going to say it, and maybe we'll do it, maybe we won't. But sure. next year, since we'll have done 10 next year, oh, boy, um, yeah. we should rank, we should make a top 10 of our number ones from the last 10 years. And oh. Rank, rank the number ones. That's kind of fun. 
based on the video because there were there was at least one year where i know your number one changed after we had recorded it i think that was when uh tales of the tales of the borderlands yeah God, I love but that so game. that wouldn't be so that wouldn't be on there. That would you'd have to use whatever. Oh whatever what? You, well, He's making these not. rules. Could, I don't know. We no one. We'll figure them out next year. But I think that would be fun. Is ranking the number ones of the last ten could be uh, yeah an interesting list of games. That is but, a fun um, idea. I like that. We can revisit that next year. Mm-hmm. We have to get through twenty twenty what two twenty twenty two right? Yes, we we'll survive that year as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you haven't watched this video. Oh, uh, the series before me and Jameson have 10 games each. Uh, that is why these videos are a million hours long, because there is the mm-hmm. potential for 20 games. Obviously, that doesn't really happen. But, you know, we usually end up talking in depth about, for like 15 games. So I think like 17 was the most we ever had or something like that. Yeah, I think 17 is the peak we've had. Yeah, it's usually 15 or 16. Yeah. This year, I would expect it to be one, two, three, four. I, I, 15 is the max i would say probably it's usually 15 mm-hmm. that makes sense yeah and we um we don't know each other's lists right and one person starts they say they're number 10 in this case this year it'll be you you start um, okay and you say your number 10 and we talk about it i say my number 10 we talk about it we move on to number nine you know it's pretty simple pretty um, simple before we start i think we always like to um uh, look back at last year and and were there any amendments we would like to make to last year? Any changes to last year's list? There was. Okay, you go ahead because I have one as well. Yeah. There was. So I hadn't played 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. Is that what it's called? Rim? Uh, we yes. never talked about it on this show, obviously, because I didn't play it till January of that year. Right. Uh, we talked about it in depth on the podcast. Um, but it is actually at number six of my top 10 games of 2020. And Phasmophobia at number 10 gets the push out, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But you'll be happy to know that now Last of Us 2 is at number 10. It was at number nine. Oh, so you shifted, I see. Okay, I shifted yeah. everything. Cyberpunk, Demon Souls, Deep Rock Galactic, and Last of Us Part 2 got shifted to the right. I see. 13 Sentinels is at number six of 2020. Oh, okay. Love that game. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that's it. That's all that okay. changed. Uh, I do have one. It's kind of a big one. Whoa. Okay. In the year 2020, yeah. I stand by making Hades my number one. Right. Ooh. Okay. However, as time has gone on and specifically replaying Doom Eternal last year, <gasps> like last spring, and playing the DLCs, yeah. Uh, that is my number one game for last yeah! year. In, after the fact, in the you know the year of game of the year twenty twenty in twenty twenty Hades, I amazing. Ben is not going to be happy. Game of the year twenty twenty after twenty twenty, it's Doom Eternal yes. for sure. Also, I would alter my best of the generation list Ooh. and put Doom Eternal on my best of the generation list. Okay. Uh, let me just bring that up really quickly. Yeah, I can't remember that. It was not it was not on my list um i think i had doom on mine i think i can't remember uh you had i really can't remember that list i'm just bringing it up really quickly you yes you had doom 2016 at number six. Oh, nice what so a good I list would, for my best of the generation i would i don't know where i I would probably just bump bloodborne off which was at number 10 and just oh. put doom eternal there and Bam. then you know maybe as more time passes it might move around but uh yeah, Doom Eternal is the best. Yeah. 
it's like one of the it's one of the best games ever made for sure Mm -hmm. and uh i mean i knew that at the time but also but yeah just replaying it in full with the dlcs like that whole experience from start to finish it's so good i kind of want to replay it again right now i'm Uh, thinking about it as well it's definitely one of the small number of first person shooters that have entered the list of like i'm gonna replay this every 18 months Mm -hmm. for the foreseeable future like titanfall 2 is up there you know halo 3 probably or halo reach a couple of those good halo campaigns but doom eternal yeah just uh the best playing first person shooter ever made and uh it would be my number one nowadays for sure yeah good suck it hades there were some last year was a weird list because like i just sort of slapped on a few playstation games at the end of it so that we could talk about them as well but also i didn't have anything else to put on that list and i sort of feel that way a little bit about this year's list oh my god dude my number 10 is yeah we'll get to it very shortly yeah but yeah that's that's about it i don't really have anything else to say nah me neither aside from yeah my top 10 is a little strange me too. And if I had to limit myself exclusively to games released in 2021, I could have I could have done it, but I wouldn't have been thrilled about putting like uh, at least well, I would have been okay with one edition from this year, but there were if if I had to cut multiple things, let's say that would maybe not fit a, a really strict rule set, there would be some choices on there that I wouldn't feel great about. Interesting. Yeah. This was definitely one of those years where it's like, I liked five or six games a lot, and then everything else was kind of like, eh. Yeah. Like, I had 19 games on my list yeah. from, like, 2021, which, uh, you know, are good enough to be on there. Yeah. But from, like, seven down, they're all a bit, eh. They're, they're, yeah. They were good. I would agree with that. From, like, seven yeah. up. I'm like, these games are great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm the same way, I would say. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's just get into it. Your number sure, 10. Sure. Uh, my number 10 is a weird one because it's a weird spot and I won't spoil what could have been there because then that kind of gives away, you know, you can yeah, do Yeah, we'll do honorable, honorable mentions at the end. Yes. And also, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, exactly. I think this year will probably be the longest honorable mention list ever just because there was so much stuff this year, which was like good you know a yeah lot of good stuff right. and that is the number 10 slot mm-hmm. you might have not even heard of this game uh i don't know if you popped into the stream over the last three days but my number 10 is a game called heavenly bodies oh okay i have heard of heavenly bodies but Ooh, i don't okay. really know what it is yeah. i've heard people talk positively about it it's the name is weird it kind of sounds like a brothel or a strip club I don't know what yeah. they were thinking with Heavenly Bodies because it's a physics puzzle game based in space. You huh. are a little astronaut dude, and I would put it in the same genre as stuff like Getting Over It, uh, I Am Fish, these like difficult physics challenge games. But something's happened this year where that genre, I feel like it started off as meme games like Goat Simulator. And then it transitioned into just trying to piss off YouTubers and streamers. And it feels like this is the first year where people have taken that genre and actually tried to make games which are good. What a concept. Yeah. I Am Fish. I will, I will stand by I Am Fish and say that I think it's a good effort at the genre. 
I made the mistake of playing that game on the harder difficulty and had a fucking miserable time with that game. Because, oh my god, it's so hard on the harder difficulty. But, um, what's this game called? Oh, how do I forget? Heavenly Bodies is the best game in the genre so far. Cool. It is really creative, and it uses the environment of space and space stations in a really fun and creative way. Uh, it's pretty short. It took me like four to five hours. And I think what makes these games work is if it treads the line of frustration like delicately. Mm. This game, I was definitely like getting a little bit annoyed at my astronaut dude, but like I never got that angry at this game. Uh, and I played this game on the harder difficulty as well. There's a difficulty called Newtonian, where the physics are more demanding and annoying. And it's just charming and interesting and fun. And I feel like this genre doesn't usually aim for that. It usually wants to annoy the player for Twitch and YouTube clips. But this is just like a really cool space game. Every level comes with this instructional manual, which... Did you ever um play... Uh, what's that VR bomb game? Like, is it oh, keep... keep talking and no one explodes. Yeah. Yeah. There's something weird. There's something weirdly satisfying about a like busy list of instructions that you slowly break down and understand. It's like building IKEA furniture almost. And every level of Heavenly Bodies has like this horribly busy-looking manual of instructions. And then you have to using the power of physics and your astronaut dude navigate around the situation and do these kind of tricky maintenance tasks in space, all while the threat of, I don't know, messing up and slowly drifting into space to your doom is there all the time. Uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of brilliant. And I played it as a joke stream game, and I came away really, really enjoying it. I think the most surprising thing about the game is there isn't really much of a difficulty curve. I feel like the second level is as difficult as the seventh level in the game. Right. It, it's just, it's just a good little physics thing. And if you've ever played one of these games and you haven't hated it, like if you played I Am Fish, I Am Bread, Surgeon Simulator, and you had more fun than you were mad, then I would highly recommend Heavenly Bodies because I think it's the best in that genre so far. And it's just a good little space game. Nice. It's good. And it just came out. I'm just seeing December 7th. I actually did check that it was this year because I wasn't sure. Because I literally only yeah. just played it. It just made it in. And it just came out. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I did see you playing that just two or three days ago. Yeah. And it's I, really I, I cool. Was, I was listening to some wrap-up podcast where it came up as well, and they said it was quite good. And, it uses, uh, like, space in an interesting way. I feel like when yeah. it comes to space stations, it's always, like, these super, like, nerdy... I think I talked about stationers years ago on the podcast, kind of like satisfactory-type games. Right. Uh, but this does it in like a really approachable, fun, goofy way. Uh, it's super cool. Neat, yeah. I might have to check that out. Yeah, it won't be for everyone. I also feel like it'll be out on Game Pass. Yes. If you are not sure, that is a, a good thing to wait for. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, also, I, uh, random tangent here. I wonder, I feel like uh, Game Pass and 2021, that, like game, 2021 was the year that Game Pass oh, yeah, really became was. good. Yeah, I feel like that should have been included in the uh, the discussion right, five right. minutes ago because yeah, I, I've Game Pass always seemed fine if you were someone that didn't play everything the way we do. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like for us it was just like Game Pass was like yeah, seems amazing, but I've played all of these games already. But 2021 was definitely the year where they just started cranking stuff out onto Game Pass, yeah. and uh, 
And it's kind of gone to the point where they get so many of these smaller to medium tier games that it's sort of just like, I don't want to buy any of them anymore because I yes. feel like it's just going to end up on Game Pass in three to six months. And it's I'm such, fine yeah. waiting. It's just an amazing service for that type of stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, when it comes to the indie scene, sometimes you don't want to spend $20 on something experimental and weird, something that you're not sure about. Yeah, so, the quality yeah. can can be sort of hard to know as well, and and yeah. Game Pass just makes it so easy to just be like, ah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna install this and try it. Why yeah. not? Or for like uh, weirder games, you don't know if it's gonna work for you, if it's gonna click yeah. with you. Yeah, exactly. And uh, if we're ready to move on to my number ten, yes, we are. Uh, speaking of Game Pass, mm-hmm. <laughs> I brought it up for a reason. Uh, my number ten is Sable. Nice, nice. Which uh, I did see you, you, I didn't watch it. I was explicitly told not to watch it, but I know you did play some of it. Yeah. Um, I think so I, I don't like know how. Four to five hours in it, I think. That's what it looked like. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was looking at stats for myself and for you. And uh, yeah, Sable is, uh, A, it's on Game Pass. B, I played it on the Xbox, which seems like the more stable place to play it. Because yes. uh, I captured footage for it a few days ago on the pc mm-hmm. and uh the, ooh, the pc version is still rough you getting um, that um frame stuttering shit yeah and the sound is just like cutting out almost all the time oh interesting and uh anyways the xbox version i'll just talk about the jank first the xbox version is janky as well oh, um okay. the frame stuttering is definitely not as bad as on pc and the audio stuff doesn't happen but uh, it's basically there's a stutter whenever the game saves Mm-hmm. Um, which is not too often, but it, it definitely comes up. And there's just a general layer of jank across Sable that holds it back for me. Uh, like the camera is a bit jank. The climbing's a bit jank. It's all a bit rough. Yeah. And if it was super polished, it would probably be like three or four spots higher on my list, honestly. Mm. Uh, because jank aside, the thing about the jank, it never got in the way of my enjoyment, the jank. It was always sort of there like, as a thing that I would look at and be like, oh, that's too bad. Uh, but it never stopped me from enjoying it. And uh, Sable is just a really nice, very relaxed exploration game. Mm-hmm. You play as a girl named Sable, going out on her uh, gliding, they call it, which is basically just you go out into the world, and your goal is to explore the world and learn about the world and yourself. And when you feel like you have found your calling, you come back to your tribe and choose your your mask, which is basically your uh, your profession, and uh, and that's kind of all there is to it. And it's very free form. It's very Breath of the Wild ish. You know, uh, you can climb on anything. You have a stamina bar that is a circle that slowly depletes, and you can upgrade it. Um, and basically, all you do is wander around this very neat looking world. Yeah, uh, exploring right. stuff, doing quests, talking to people, helping people out, and when you're done, you come back. And uh, the things that stand out for me, it's like I said, the visuals are are fantastic. Mm-hmm. They nailed the aesthetic. It looks so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a great mute. It's got really good music to it. Uh, it it's sort of sparse again, Breath of the Wild ish. Um, but there's some really nice music in there that I liked a lot, especially the uh, cartographer's music. When you're talking to the uh, cartography people, there's some good music there. And it's just one of those games that has a good vibe. It does. I like open world games that shut up and leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) And Sable does that perfectly. It just lets you go 
and lets you do your thing. You can go off in any direction. You can explore whatever you want. You can, they, they give you the quest update, the main quest update saying you can return home and finish the game. You, you get that like two hours into the game or three hours in. Like it doesn't take long for them to just say, hey, if you're done, you can just end the game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's very good about how freeform it is and, and never asks you to do X number of things really. And uh, it's also just got a really good heart to it i really like the writing it's very simply written but in a in a in a way that just i don't know just one of those writing styles that just clicked with me everyone is just very earnest and nice and yeah. kind to everyone and you feel like very safe in that game yes yes it, that's actually a perfect way to describe it and because the 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 girl herself sable is sort of you know, like you would be scared a little bit, apprehensive, but excited to go out into the world on her big adventure. And in sort of an exact opposite of our reality, the world that she goes out into is really nice and pleasant and yeah. safe. And everyone is very encouraging to her and very into the fact, you know, very excited that she's out on her exploration journey and wants to help her and is encouraging but not pushy about, hey, like, my job that I do is awesome. Maybe you would like to do what I do. Uh, and yeah, it just, it just has a, a great feel to it. It's like a sort of warm blanket game. And yeah. I, I played it, and it, I, the way I played it ended up working out nicely. I played it at the end of October for like, you know, 30, to, 30 minutes to an hour every couple of mornings. Um, and then our crazy November, December hit, and I didn't touch it for two months. And then I went on a big trip over to Europe, and that was exhausting, and I came back and played the last couple hours of that game just after I had come back, mm. and uh, the ending of that game works really nicely as something to play right after you've come home after a long journey, because <laughs> yeah, the ending yeah. of that game is you just going home and being like, oh, home is awesome, but also going out into the world is awesome, and uh, it, 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 yeah, it was a, because... I hadn't gone anywhere for two fucking years like everyone else, right? And so yeah. that was the first time I had gone on any sort of trip in two years, and it was sort of stressful, but also not stressful because you're like, oh, it's just travel, it's whatever, it's just the world, it's fine. The world is neat and interesting, and that's cool. And uh, yeah, Sable captures that perfectly, and yeah. uh, I really liked it. I really liked it from start to finish. It ends well, it's beautiful all the way through. It's a shame about the jank. Uh, because like a really, like I said, a really polished version of this game would be, uh, quite a bit higher on the list, I, yeah. I imagine. So. I'm, not, I'm not having too much, just the usual Xbox Game Pass PC game stutter. Yeah. I feel like I get that with every game on Game Pass, I swear. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I am glad I did end up getting that Xbox because it just, everything seems to run better on it, especially stuff like this and yeah. not having to fight jank, uh, goes a long ways. And, um, yeah, Sable, I, I definitely recommend people checking it out because, a, it's on Game Pass. Primarily, that's the, that's the main reason. You should probably have Game Pass and yes, be checking out all these random weird things that come out because Sable is uh, pretty cool. It is. It's a, it. it's a vibe. It's a real vibe. It is. Yes, and it's it's the type of vibe that I'm I'm very into. So very comfy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good costumes as well. Like good art direction. Yeah. The the, the bike looks cool. Like all, all these things. Yeah. Good like visual storytelling around the world that lets you imagine what has happened there previously. Stuff like that. Yeah, and, and honestly, if you dig deep into, if you explore pretty much everything, you, you do learn about the history of the world, and it, it has some, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, but yeah, they, they don't 
over explain too much they leave a lot unsaid yeah. which is uh, which is smart yeah i'm also like yeah. weirdly drawn to like moments in video games where it asks you to climb a giant thing and you have to figure out how to climb the giant thing with like limited platforms limited stamina i don't know why yeah i just weirdly like platforming challenges platforming puzzles i don't know it's like a weird thing yeah. that my brain likes i'm glad you mentioned that as well because i i feel the same and that is part of the one of the things I liked about it. it's probably the thing one of the things I like most about Breath of the Wild as well yeah. is just like yeah you look at a mountain and you say well I don't have a lot of stamina and I I didn't figure out how to upgrade stamina in state in Sable until I, ha I had to look it up and it was like six hours into the game mm -hmm. I, I finally figured out what you do with all the fucking chum eggs you've been collecting how uh, did you not find the little um, mama no no I went in like the exact opposite direction for ah. that whole game and had basically yeah completely missed her but anyways it's it's it is a fun challenge to look at something and be like I have limited stamina what's I think if I glide to there and then climb up there and stand on that little lip and yeah. then recharge it's yeah it's a very satisfying thing to do and uh, I, I like when games just let you do that and uh, Sable is very good about that there's that's a, a big part of the game is that really and mm -hmm. uh and that's fun. I, I've I enjoyed that quite a bit. So yeah, I will definitely yeah. get back to it and finish it as well at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's nice. It yeah, it's exactly. It's the nice thing is you can just put it down for as long as you want, and you're not going to forget how to play it. It's just you just walk around and jump on things. And, yeah. Uh, and it yeah, it wraps up nicely and it was a cool cool thing. And I I will be keeping my eye on this studio, you know, and see what they do next. Uh, they worked on Sable for a very long time though. So have uh, they done anything else? I don't think so. I think they're a new. I think they're a new company, and it's like two people nice. or three people or something. It's a good so year for indies. I think like heavenly yes. bodies. I looked into those guys. I don't think they've done anything either. At least not that Steam right. has registered. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool game. Cool game. I like it. I liked it quite a bit. So yeah, it is that's a good my one. Number ten. My number nine. Uh, we have talked about it this year. Mm-hmm. It is Resident Evil 8. Mm, yes, Resident Evil Village. 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 Mm -hmm. I, I kind of wish it was a little higher. I'm sure you That's remember fair. our talk on it. I do. I did have a lot of issues with Resident Evil Village, and I still do. Yeah. Um, it just it goes a little bit off the deep end for me. I know mm -hmm. that it's like exactly what you loved about it, <laughs> but for me, it just kind of spins into a bunch of random bullshit and i didn't know what was happening and i found it a little obnoxious and annoying and i didn't like ethan i hate that guy those are all fair but i still love the world and the personality of resident evil in general there's just something about the franchise which is unlike anything else it just treads this thin line of self-seriousness and the complete opposite in a way which is just super unique and you just don't get anything else like it and i did really like the the new hub the village i liked the the new format i thought that was well done some of the boss fights and enemy encounters are super memorable um very iconic game there will be stuff that people won't forget people are obviously never gonna forget the giant booba lady for years to come um yeah i don't think i want to go too deep into it we did a pretty good chat on it Mm -hmm. I do like it. I do like it. I didn't like it as much as Seven. Um, it just, uh, it's just, it's so fucking weird and confusing and stupid. <laughs> and it just lost me a little bit. Yeah. And you playing Seven, replaying all of Seven just beforehand and, yeah. and being 
sort of attached to a lot of the story stuff in seven probably mm-hmm. didn't help. Yeah. No, I probably should have ignored that. It's probably a detriment. Yeah. But uh, I really love Resident Evil Seven. I love the DLCs in Resident Evil Seven, and Eight. Um, it's a thing, and I kind of admire how bombastic and bizarre it is. It's a a real compilation of bizarre circus freaks, and I kind of recommend it to everyone, even if you don't think you'd like it, because yeah. there's some stuff in there which is just it's just nuts. It's just a real circus, and yeah, I, it worked for me to a degree, um, but you know, maybe if it was a better year, it wouldn't be here, but 2021 wasn't that strong, so when it comes to the AAA boys, it is at the bottom for me, still like Resident Evil, I will play every single one that ever comes out, because there's nothing else like it, uh, I love survival horror, uh, this game actually had a pretty decent actual horror section, which is oh, yeah. pretty rare for Resident Evil nowadays. Yeah. Uh, there's some good chunks. It just doesn't come together for me in a way which would have led to it being higher on my list. But uh, I will leave it there because we did a long podcast chat on it. I still like it. I still like it. Yeah. Good. Good. I'm, yeah. I was sort of expecting it to be. I wasn't sure. I, wa- I definitely wasn't sure if it was. It, I figured it was either going to be like eight, nine or ten or not on your list. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Number nine. Yeah. Um, my number nine I'm pulling a, a classic jammy here. Uh-oh. And not putting a game from this year on. What in are you fact, doing? I'm not putting a game on from 2020 either. It's a pre-pandemic release, if, it, if you count the Japanese release, what and the game this? you already mentioned, 13 Sentinels. Oh, I'll allow it. Ha-ha. I'll allow it. Um, I, yeah, like I said, it, it technically came out in Japan in November 2019, which is sort of scary to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, I only played it this year. I played it in April. I yeah, played it right after it. moving. Um, and I played it for like an hour-ish every morning. Yes. Right after I moved into my new place. And it lasted like a month. Yeah, that's how I did it. Because that game's, that game's really long. And um, so I just... I, I, it had to be on the list because it occupied such a huge chunk of the year. And, uh, and also because it's fucking awesome. It's so good. <laughs> I love that game. The story in 13 Sentinels is so buck wild oh my crazy. God, yeah. Um I think there was someone commenting on on last year's video saying we needed to play it and and they were right. They were um, right yeah. for sure. It's the main thing I wrote down it's two points. It's amazing to me that uh they your the story is makes sense um despite how complicated it is and despite the fact that you can uncover it like modularly, right? Because like you can uncover it in a completely, my order is completely different from the order you uncovered it in, Mm -hmm. but it, it works all the way through. It's like, it's like outer wild stuff, you know, where you're just like, how do you make a complicated story? A, it's a complicated story, but then how do you make it something that can be discovered in any order and still make sense? Yeah. I don't know how they did that. Um, Also, I don't think I've ever experienced a story that, well, like every 90 minutes, it there's a twist, mm-hmm. and the twist completely recontextualizes the entire thing. Yeah. And they do that 15, 20 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, how, like, you, you, this crazy twist happens. And you're like, oh, I get it. I understand what's happening. And then 90 minutes later, they're like, no, the thing we just revealed an hour and a half ago, it was bullshit. Here's what's actually going on. And you're like, what? That's crazy. Oh, and then they yeah. do that again and again and again and again and again. Um, yeah. 
nonsense. It is insane. Uh, but it, it is very clever. It's very well put together. The story is is insane uh, and unique and memorable. Oh, yeah. Some great concepts in it. Uh, some good characters. The localization, the, like the, everything about it was top-notch. Um, the only negative I have is just it's essentially a visual novel. Like there, there is almost no gameplay. The mech stuff is so mindless. Uh, not necessarily a bad thing. It, it serves nicely as a sort of break from yeah. the never-ending talking. I, I liked it. It was harmless. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It didn't uh, really do anything for me, but that's okay. It, it, it was, it served its purpose. And uh, yeah, good on them. And it's it's cool that it's coming out on Switch this year, so more people can play it. Um, oh my god, yeah. If you're like a fan of crazy deep sci-fi, if you liked maybe Dark on Netflix, something yeah. that's kind of hard to get a grip on without fucking Reddit graphs and timelines and pieces of red thread going from one place to another, if you like that type of stuff, you should absolutely play this, because it might be the best of that in video games. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's com- it's crazy. Yeah. It's completely nuts. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not much to say about it. We did uh, we did talk about it uh, on two different podcasts, I think, because it took me so long to beat it. <laughs> um. And yeah, we'll probably talk about it again when Ben plays it uh, this year. If in twenty twenty five. In twenty twenty five, yeah, when yeah. he finally finishes it. Um. Yeah. Good good game. Not from this year, but I don't care. No, so, I don't care either. I'm, it's nice yeah. that it has a spotlight. Because, again, we talked about it like three times on the podcast. Yeah. But to put it in one of these videos, it feels good. It feels good. Yeah, it just it was too memorable and too long to not be, you know, to not make the list. It would have I would would have been really stupid. So I'm yeah. glad we have our no rules rule. Yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's your list. Like, I have exactly. rules. I don't put games that are outside of the year. Like, all my games are from 2021. But, you know, it's your list. You do it however you yeah. want. Who gives a shit? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Number nine. <sighs> okay. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh yeah. is, is oh, the no. word. Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, I yeah. I I know what it is. You do know what it is. Oh, God. We've got to be careful around this one because uh, we have a podcast planned. And the podcast is specifically specifically going to be the Halo Infinite and Battlefield 2042 memorial service. We yeah. talk about those yeah, games in detail. Yeah, number eight for you is obviously Battlefield, right? Uh, sure. <laughs> my, yeah, my number eight is Halo Infinite. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try and bite my tongue here in certain places because sure. I have a lot to say about this game. But I want to do that with you and Ben as well in our podcast because we all played it and we all have things to say. Uh, but I have had a lot of fun with aspects of Halo Infinite. Uh, I had a lot of fun with medium team battle, as I think you coined that term and I really like it, so I'm sticking with it. Thank you, yeah. Uh, until that playlist kind of exploded on <laughs> itself. Yep. Um, I've also had a lot of fun playing with the community. I've enjoyed our Mythbusters, and I've had a pretty decent time with the campaign, even though some areas of it are pretty lackluster and missing. Uh, you know, they've explained that they had crunch problems with the campaign, but... They had a lot of problems with a lot of this game, I Yeah, yeah. I really like the, the sandbox elements of the gameplay. Uh, I had some trouble on PC to begin with, but I've 
really got a grip on it now and I feel like I do like the gunplay in Halo Infinite. For the first like 10 hours, I, it's, it's really hard to like tune it to PC, I, I found. It's it's also really hard to tune it on a controller as well. Like I, I, yeah. it took me, you know, a few weeks to get the the sensitivity stuff right. Yeah, uh, like I had yeah. to go into whatever the the bot thing is where you fight against bots yeah. and spend like three to four hours like switching between sniper and battle rifle and just like fine tuning everything because it just feels just feels a bit weird on PC. I don't have any experience on controller, but uh, I have got to a point where I do like the combat. I like how it feels. I like the the weapons, uh, there's some balancing issues in my opinion, but I think the design of the new ones are pretty fun and interesting. The gadgets are great, the repulse is great, the grapple is fantastic. Um, there's just a lot of stuff around the game which obviously is not ideal. And for me, it actually, it really isn't like the progression and store bullshit stuff that people no. seem to be putting on top of the pedestal. It's just like the lack of content and the lack of creativity with wanting to take the franchise in a like progressive direction that isn't just the same game over again um that's the biggest problem for me yeah a lot of the multiplayer feels regressive which yeah. is not not good and but I, but I do really i really stand by that the game feels like quite unique i don't think it feels like three yeah. four or five it really feels like they made their own thing in a way which actually made like the first 10 hours with the game a little frustrating because we have so much muscle memory with the old games that like adjusting to some of the uh, tweaks in, I don't know, movement, shooting, etc. felt like the game was off. But now that I've adjusted to it, I, I really stand by the gameplay sandbox that they've made. But then, uh, yeah, again, biting mm -hmm. my tongue, biting my tongue. Mm -hmm. I just wish they had taken Halo Infinite into the 21st century and not just made another arena shooter with, like, three maps per playlist. Yeah, I wish they had uh, made a game that appropriately reflected the name Infinite. Yeah. Um, and not a game that we're going to have to wait 10 years to have finally mm -hmm. reflected the, game, the name Infinite. Because, yeah, it, yeah, the lack of content really is wild. Uh, yeah. It, the, the, yeah, I won't, I, I won't start. I won't say anything. I know, uh, I know. Because I it's, it's impossible. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> I, we'll, I desperately we'll, want to, but yeah. Yeah, we will. We'll get to, like, the Battle Pass stuff and the progression. There's so many. There's just so many things. Yeah, so many little I'll say things. this. Yeah. It ain't on my list. I know. <laughs> and, it, and it ain't on my honorable mentions list. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, I had a lot of good times with Big Team Battle, but there's only so much. I, I want to play three maps. Three maps, yeah, it's crazy. And I, and I kind of, like don't really like the nighttime map with the big AA gun in the middle. I've, I don't really like the way that one flows because it feels like you can't really move down the middle of that map so everyone just goes yeah. to the left and right lanes and there's I've had so many matches of like, uh, I don't know, CTF or whatever where everyone's just stuck on their side of the map and no one can break through. Uh, I do like fragmentation and high... High power. High power. I do like those but I don't want to play those two maps on loop forever. And yeah. all the other modes yeah. kind of feel archaic to me. Uh, Free-for-all's kind of okay, but I, I don't want to play ranked. I don't want to play 4v4. I'm just kind of, I'm just over it. So it's, it's a frustrating game because I like playing it, but it feels like a like modern take on Halo trapped in the body of an old man. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. 
And I agree. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 very. There's like a lot of clashing ideas and directions. It's just like a, a confused package. Uh, but I have had a lot of fun, and I'm going to stop there because man, we could go into it. It's hard to know when. It sort of feels like there's not going to be any actual new content until May, which is shocking. And they're not even uh, saying, except no. for a co-op and campaign, which I'm, you know, it'd be fun. They're not yeah, saying sure. what's coming with May. There's no roadmap. No. There's no like, oh, every season. Because at least Battlefield. No, okay, okay. Uh, that's my number eight. No. Yeah. <laughs> that's my number eight. Good call, good call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's my number eight. We'll get into it. I, at first, I thought you were going to say, when you were being so apprehensive <clears> and <throat> hemming and hawing and saying, oh, it's this game, I was going to say, oh, it's it's uh, Mario Golf. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> but, it's uh, Mario anyways. Party. Mar- oh, no, I know. <laughs> um, my number eight is a, a much simpler game okay one that won't trigger nine hours of conversation it is griftlands oh right was that this year yeah damn i love that game that game uh i mean it was in early access for quite a while but it released uh out of early access uh yeah in june or so Mm -hmm. um i had been keeping my eye on it for a long time because i had heard people saying it was great uh as always i wanted to wait until it was 1.0 because Mm -hmm. I'm just not interested in playing early access games. Yeah. And uh, they were right. Grifflands is a great game. It is, uh, yeah. I am not... I'm not the biggest fan of card games. Mm-hmm. I would say I've only really clicked with one or two. Yeah. Maybe one and a half. Uh, or ha- a third of one as well <laughs> from this year. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. I-, I like the... I like card games, but they need to have other things in them. Like Slay the Spire was just a card game, and yeah. I, I'm not interested. So I, this is the only card game since the still criminally underappreciated Thronebreaker from a few years ago mm-hmm. to have done anything for me. And Thronebreaker was great because it's a Witcher game and it was full of story. And this game is great because it's it's similar for similar reasons. It's got a, a really good world. It's got great visuals. The music's excellent um the writing is all really good uh they they do uh for like alien language well the writing's all just it's it's not it's one of those games not overwriting games is important nowadays in my mind uh not making everything a fucking joke not having these long ass dialogue sequences they 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 get all that right and um and then put all that as just sort of a nice background layer to an incredibly deep card roguelike game. <clears throat> and um, I was surprised that they have three campaigns and each one has completely unique rules yeah. and decks. And they are all three of them equally complex and deep. And I've barely scratched the surface of any of them, really. <clears throat> um but yeah, I just uh, I I have thoroughly enjoyed what I've played of it, and it's it's definitely going to be the game that I go back to whenever I have a card game itch because there's just so much there for me to still poke at. Um, probably the neatest thing the game does is is I would say probably like sixty percent of the combat, as if you want to call it that, is actually dialogue combat, which yeah. is a very unique thing. It's it's a very talking heavy game and you engage with yeah it's like a it's like a argument combat yeah. where you're like trying to break the other person's argument to convince them to do something related to the plot and you have all these different cards related to 
you know, breaking down their resolve and poking holes in their argument. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it, you know, it functionally is not that much different from actual card, like the actual combat part of the, of the card combat, but, um, it's just a, a very clever spin on it and yeah, makes it sure. so that you're not just going around murdering everyone. Yeah. Um, which is also, they also put some things in there to make it so that you probably shouldn't do that because you get notorious and yeah. feared by everyone if you murder everyone. And uh, like yeah, the, the, you the, know, the context of an open world RPG mixed into a card game in almost like every aspect. Exactly, yeah. And, and this game actually started off as an open world RPG. They mm -hmm. were going to, it was, I think they started working on it again, like, five or six years ago this is clay and clay is clay is also a very good studio they're a very reliable um company they've made many great games don't starve i've never gotten into but uh mark the ninja was fantastic invisible ink is a fantastic uh roguelike as well and i still need to figure out oxygen not included one of these days yeah. but um yeah, they, they they started off making an open world rpg and then said oh my god this is way too much work let's dial this back but they obviously kept a lot of the concepts and all their world building uh, present, but just re-jiggered uh, it all to fit into a card combat game. And uh, it works super, super well. It does. And I, I don't have a ton to say about it just because it's, it's a really good card combat game and with a really good world and a really good yeah. atmosphere to it. And, its uh, format is like the standout piece. It's like super creative. Yeah, totally. Really clever use of the genre. And, and I was definitely... I'm, I roguelike stuff is definitely still just like, I don't know if I'm ever going to like these games. So I go into it so apprehensively and um, it worked totally for me. So, uh, yeah. It, yeah. And also it's one of those games where the roguelite format is kind of optional. Like for me, yeah, it's, yeah. I, I beat the first two campaigns. I think the first one took me like three attempts. The second yeah. one, I think I beat my first time. And now the third campaign, I'm on my second attempt and it looks like I'm going to lose it on my second attempt. And then right. you can kind of just move on if you want, or you can just keep going and the game continues to expand the more you play it. It's like optional, which I think is kind of clever. Yeah, the, the, the deck is constantly being added to in the background of the cards you can potentially get. Yeah. And that's neat. And yeah, the roguelike stuff is not necessary. It, it's yeah. additive, and, but it's not like the whole, the whole game. And uh, I was glad for that. Yeah, and, I like uh, games which are designed around being beaten in 15 hours or 1500 hours, depending on like what right. you want to do. I like those games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, it was also one of those games uh, that hit during, that I played a lot of during our uh, insane heat wave here. So I just, I was cooped up in my office with my air conditioner blasting for six hours a day for a few days, just being like, I'm just playing Griftlands. Yeah. And yeah. Good, good game. Just capturing footage for it the other day reminded me of just, yeah. Uh, I like pretty much everything about that game. The one complaint I would have is maybe I, I was sort of hoping that they would weave all three stories together. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been cool, but um, but I, I get what they're doing. They're just sort of telling three unique stories in their neat world. And uh, the third one has, a, has, has some cool, weird stuff near the end. Mm. Uh, they, they, there's a... Uh, giant beached sea creature that is mentioned in the first part that is comes up more in the third act which is cool uh i think one yeah and all that <laughs> it's all it's all good that the, their world is really good it's a good world yeah i think like the only complaint i would have is i think the onboarding is quite rough oh yeah there's like a lot of on-screen ui stuff and it's very overwhelming to start and you kind of just have to bang your head against the wall 
for like your entire first run until you kind of figure it out. Uh, I don't know if there was a solution to make it more approachable, but uh, if you like that type of game, that genre, it's worth getting through that learning period because it's uh, it's a good one. It's a real good one. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the onboarding stuff, but yeah. Yeah, I struggled uh, my first run. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know what a what the right solution is for mm-hmm. it. I mean, that, that's definitely something games, a lot of games still struggle with for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, once you break through and figure it out, it's uh, it's really cool. And also they, it's kind of overwhelming each time you start the next campaign because you have to learn all these rule sets, these different rule sets and all these different cards two more times uh, yeah but there's like a baseline of logic which stays with it which makes it yes not too hard to adapt to if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah it, it was definitely uh <laughs> it was definitely complicated for the first five hours or so but yeah uh, yeah once it all clicks it's uh it's a great great little card game so oh yeah for sure highly recommend it my number seven mm. uh this is the one i struggled to make notes for the most because i think it's the one that's I played the longest time ago on this list. I think this was very early 2021. Uh, my number seven is Subnautica Below Zero. Oh, yes. Okay. Right, right, right. That came out this year. Wow. That I was... hope so, right? <laughs> it did come out this year, didn't it? I think it did. It just, it feels like. Because the Steam so page um, lists its, what do you call it? Its initial listing, which was, you know, 2019 early access. Yeah, May 13th, 2021 is the, like, 1.0 release date. 14th yeah, so. of May, and I played it, like, week one, so, yeah. That, right, yeah. That was yeah. a long time ago. I do that, think, wow. I think there might be some bias here, because I am a big fan of the original Subnautica, yeah. and there was, it was kind of like a religious experience seeing Subnautica run properly for the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It kind of reminded yeah. me of when you first see Minecraft RTX and you're like, oh, oh my yeah. God, this is how this game is supposed to look. Yeah. And Subnautica, the first one, was really rough. Uh, mostly optimization. The frame rate was terrible. It had lots of pop-in, but the world of Subnautica, for me, was just so unique and interesting that I just was compelled to play it. Um, and also I played Subnautica in early access back when, I don't know, we didn't know better and I was doing shitty Let's Play videos. Uh, but I waited for 1.0 or below zero and just swimming around in Subnautica. There's just, I don't know, there's nothing like the world of Subnautica to me. I don't have the, the fear of underwaterness. I know a lot of people, it's really common. When I stream this game, I realize that it felt like 9 out of 10 people have a fear of deep water. Um, I don't know why I don't have that. I'm actually not a great swimmer and I'm not like into water or the ocean. But for some reason, Subnautica just doesn't trigger anything fearful in me. I just think it's wonderful. I just love being in the world. Uh, Below Zero is a much tidier game than the original Subnautica. It's more user friendly. I think the map in general is much smaller. Uh, and denser, it's, there's not as much wandering around in a biome looking for stuff. Uh, they really streamlined the resource gathering, which feels much cleaner than it did in the first game, which was a real grind. I think I en- ended up cheating in the original game because of the amount of copper and shit you have to do to get batteries over and over again. And yeah, I just feel like it's a much more streamlined version of Subnautica, and it's a version of the game I kind of wanted for years and years and years. I think that's why I say there's some bias there because I'm not sure if I play this fresh that it would be here because all in all it is quite a traditional survival game and that genre is 
feeling a little old nowadays. But um, yeah, again, I played it in May, so I can't really remember much about it. I remember it loving the... that long ago. I, but I it got also a shit was. memory, dude. I, I remember yeah, I, I love the base building in this game. It was very similar to the first one, but I really liked the base building. Uh, one of the highlights of the entire year was there is a jukebox which you can find uh, music for, and yeah. it's like I, I didn't want to spoil it, but I'm not sure like how far you are going to go into the game. But the music in Subnautica Below Zero is like it's custom music made for Subnautica, but it's not like in-world music. It's like fourth wall breaking music where people are just rapping about the game Subnautica. <laughs> And you can like put, huh. put speakers all around your base, and when you go around the base, there's like this horrible Eminem ripoff of someone rapping about Subnautica. And I just, I don't know, there's something about the personality and aspect of that world that I just love being in. I think it looks amazing. I can't believe it runs amazing. And I had a really, really good time in Subnautica Below Zero. I can't remember the, the bullet points. Uh, we did talk about it on the podcast uh, whenever I played it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I just had an absolute blast with this game. Cool. It's a good one. If you like Subnautica and you haven't played Below Zero, it, is it on Game Pass? I'm not actually sure if it's on it Game is. It is, yeah, because I, I, that's where I played it or right. tried to play it. Yeah, it's not that scary. Everyone thinks it's no, scary. no, no. I, I, no, I agree. Yeah, it's I, not uh, that scary. I just couldn't get into it. I just don't think, uh, I just don't think survival things are for me. Yeah. When it's just like pure. It's sort of like card combat, where it's like, I think I like survival mechanics in other like other presentations other than right. just it's a survival game that's all there is to it yeah uh yeah i just but i was also playing it at not the right time Fair. which was during our busy end of year stuff and i was trying to play this game where it's just like you have 30 seconds of oxygen remaining get to the surface oxygen low oxygen low oh god oh god and it was just yeah i just i was just like in a i was just fucking annoyed the entire time so i i do still hope to have it i might go back to it and i i would love to have it click because it does seem like something i should like mm-hmm. yeah i like I'm buildings a... you know i like exploring so yeah i'm a weird masochist i like when environments are trying to kill me and you have to overcome that and subnautica is one of the best and the world and creatures the vehicles as well are really cool uh, it's a good one it's a really good one and i had a blast with it Good sound design, too. Oh, yeah. Great. That's my number seven. Number seven. My number seven. I might get a little shit for this. Oh, yeah. All right. It might might be a little low on my list compared to... Oh. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. It it did come out this year. It's just not a full game release. Um, It is the Echoes of the Eye DLC for Outer Wilds. Number seven? Yeah yikes okay i know i know i know again this might be something that you know it might move over time but uh the reason it's lower is just because there was a that it was about 15 hours to get through that dlc for Mm -hmm. me and a third of that dlc was not enjoyable i it just didn't work for me Hmm. so um the middle section just was frustrating for me and uh that is the main reason it's it's low on the list even though i recognize that uh a lot of it is really 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 good yeah uh, the first five hours are amazing mm-hmm. and the last few hours are also pretty great mm-hmm. didn't not quite as amazing for but st- still very good 
Um, but the middle section was a, a bit of a drag for me. And we had good long conversations about this already. So we don't need to go back into it. And I, I, I very much enjoyed the conversations that this DLC brought up with all of us. There was some good, some good stuff there. Um, it's one of those things that I, I bet when I replay it, you know, when I replay the whole game in a few years and I'm able to take breaks from the stranger and go back and explore some other area and then come back to the stranger, I'm sure it'll all work a lot better for me. But uh, frustration is not something I felt when I played through the outer played through Outer Wilds the first time. Uh, and frustration was definitely one of the main things that I remember when I look back on Outer Wilds uh, Echoes of the Eye. But it's also amazing. And that the 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 reveal of the stranger is better than any of the Bioshock game games. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the stranger itself is it was such a surprise. Like they they didn't advertise this DLC at all, oh, and yeah, we had yeah. no idea what it was. And just the the long build up and reveal of what it is, and then the the way the the water stuff in it is it's all of that stuff is so good. Um, I really like the sort of sinister vibe a lot of it has as well, mm-hmm. especially early. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, what do they call them? Like little slideshow presentations that have a, a very creepy, like, oh, I, I don't, I don't, something, some bad shit went down here. Yeah. Uh, and it, that feels very different from a lot of, from the rest of the main game, which has got a, it's definitely got a sort of a, a bummer vibe to it. Yeah. But it's also got a very hopeful sort of, uh, it's it's okay. Um, this is definitely a lot more of a bummer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and that vibe comes through really well. And the last couple hours were quite good. I really liked the, uh, there was just, a, there were a lot of good moments in this uh, that I won't get into because, you know, there's no need to spoil these things. But uh, no, no, there no, were no, probably no. like eight or ten moments that were, that got me almost verbalizing things and being like, ha, ah, yes, this is great. You know, that sort of reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think we need to say too much about it because we talked a lot about it. And also it's not something that is easy to talk about without it's not, spoiling. No, it's not. And also it'll probably come up again. Um, it can't come up again. It's not a game. It's an expansion. Oh, well, there you go. Um, the highs of the DLC are better than most. Many of the things, many of the highs, it might have the highest highs of the year. Uh, but everything above this on my list, I enjoyed, I had a more consistently good time with. So uh, I think part of the reason it's only at number seven is just because it's, it's uh, it felt kind of bad to have a bad time with parts of Outer Wilds. Yeah, yeah. And it's not... You should feel bad. I know. (laughs) And it's not so much a fault of the game as much as just the way my brain works versus the structure of it. And Mm -hmm. I I do think, you know, as we discussed, there there are a few areas I think they could improve. And I mean, they already have put out patches where they've said, like, we've improved the puzzle logic readability of this and that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wish I had a, had a perfect time with it. I'm fine, though, that I didn't. It's, it, it's still amazing. Outer Wilds is still amazing. The DLC is amazing. And I look forward to revisiting it in the future and 
having it just exist as part of the whole of Outer Wilds, yeah. which is kind of crazy to think about because it's not a small DLC. It's like almost as long as the base game, which is crazy. Very jealous of people who get to play them in tandem. Oh, fresh. God, yeah. Yeah. Those bastards. Yeah. God, they're so lucky. Yeah. All, All right. right. Now that I've angered Joe. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. All right. My number six is uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Ratchet and Clank is one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, and kind of the best thing about Rift Apart is just seeing the franchise be alive and also just like thriving. And people are getting into Ratchet and Clank. It's becoming a bigger IP and it's getting new fans. And it's just a real gift as an old school old man fan of this franchise. And that doesn't really happen very often. Most things that you like will just shrivel and die and be ruined. Um, yep. <laughs> my number five. <laughs> uh, no, no, Ratchet and Clank. It's, it's, it's a great game. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's like one of the greatest looking games I've ever seen. It's vibrant and God, it's just an amazing, amazing thing to look at. And, you know, it's just another really great Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, I like the new characters. I think Rivet and Kit are great additions to the roster. Um, I thought the, the the Rift technology that the PS5 was using, uh, using its SSDs to perform, was a really neat novelty. I think we said in our review that we wished it had maybe been utilized a little bit more. It was kind of more heavily used for cinematic, kind of uncharted-like experiences. Uh, there was a few pretty creative utilizations of the rift mechanic but um if they do a direct sequel to this which i imagine they would have to i don't think they could like oh, leave yeah. the rifting behind or leave rivet and kit behind uh, i will definitely be looking forward to seeing on uh, how they expand that mechanic uh, this definitely has the best gunplay as well when it comes to just gun feel gameplay feel uh, but apart from that it's just another ratchet and clank game and i'm a fanboy of the franchise I think I was a little bit disappointed in the Clank puzzles because they've definitely yeah, yeah. been better in the past. And I also had a little bit of difficulty when it comes to like the level design and navigation. I had some like weird situations where I was going where I shouldn't be going. Uh, and quite often, I'm not sh I think it's because I kept looking for golden bolts when I shouldn't have been looking for golden bolts. I'm not sure. But it, it just wasn't the perfect experience in comparison to some of the previous games in the franchise that I played. So overall, it wouldn't rank that high if I was to do like a, I don't know, a tier list of Ratchet and Clank games. But it's a Ratchet and Clank game. I'm there for every single one. And there's just a unique comfiness, a niceness and a tone to it, which I love. It's just so nice and colorful and bright. And I'll be there for every single one until I die or the franchise dies. Uh, it's a good one. It's a really, really good one. And if you have a PS5, you should probably get it because what else are you fucking playing? It's the only PS5 exclusive. Basically, yeah. Pretty it, much. It's pretty much the only AAA new game exclusive, right? Like Demon Souls is just a de it's just a remake of mm -hmm. Demon Souls. Yeah. What else is there? I don't even know. I, I I don't think there's anything. Huh. In the AAA space, not yet. Oh wait. Yeah, there is another game that came out this year that was a PS5 exclusive. There that is was another good. game that came out right. this year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oops. Anyways, yes, Ratchet and Clank was yeah. part. I don't have a lot it's to say game. about it because it's just another one in the series. But and we talked about it as well. Yeah. Uh, 
had a good long chat about it, yeah. I just love it, man. I love those games. They're a comfy, warm blanket. That's my number six. Speaking of comfy, warm blankets, this is, uh, oh my god, I'm gonna get shit for this from you. Oh god, no, I know it's going. This is a controversial placement akin to, let's say, Cyberpunk last year being above Half-Life Alex. Oh no. My number six. I never thought in a million years I would say this. Okay. It's Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Never, ever, ever, ever would have ever, ever thought that this game would be on a top 10 list from me. Number six. Uh, Because when they revealed it at E3, it looked really bad. Yeah. And it came out, and I didn't even realize it had come out. And then, like, over the course of a month after it had come out, people kept saying, oh, it's actually really good. And I was like, I don't believe you. You're a liar. You're a dumb Marvel fanboy. You're you like anything that they put out, mm-hmm. idiot. They were right. I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I think probably the biggest reason it's so high up on the list is because it filled it it it, it served a purpose. It filled a void. It scratched an itch that was long overdue and exactly what I needed at a certain time. And much like Cyberpunk last year. Cyberpunk was the like last game of the year for me that I played, and I just needed a big, mindless, 100-hour thing to get lost in. And it was perfect for that. And in Guardians of the Galaxy's case, uh, I played it right at the end of November into early December, right when I was just oh, I was so fucking busy, and I was so tired at the end of every day, and I just wanted something fun and easygoing and linear and it's all of those things it is um i feel like linear popcorn action adventure games are a dying breed yeah and for sure. it is sad because those games are good and we have always said that we've all like you and i've always been ones that like those types of games you know for a long time it was the uh for me it was like the dumb call of duty campaigns you know those are a reliable fall thing to play they were really stupid and you just played them and you're like i'm on the roller coaster wow um then they've just sort of gone away for a long time everything yeah, is just a sure. fucking open world nightmare and (laughs) i'm so tired of all of them and uh so i picked up guardians of the galaxy i got it for like 40 bucks or whatever 50 bucks because man they sure didn't sell this game much and uh it's just going to be on sale for the rest of its life and i went into it expecting to not like it and because I don't like, I am so fucking done with Marvel stuff. Oh my mm-hmm. god, I don't care. I do not care. And um, I was, I was wrong. I really enjoyed Guardians pretty much from start to finish. Nice. It, it took. It didn't take long for me to start enjoying it, and then by like the ninety minute mark, like the next day, I played like four hours straight and didn't even notice. And um. Yeah, I I think one of the trends with a lot of the games for me this year that are on this list are games that have a nice, good vibe, good heart, good writing, good characters. Good heart, though, I think is the main thing. And Guardians has a good heart. It's sort of surprising. It's kind of weird. Um, 
I think they do. We haven't talked about this game at all, um, unfortunately. So, and I know you have been playing it, um, but yeah, I finished it fully just, you know, last year in mid-December, right before Halo came out, I think, uh, the campaign that is. And um, I think they do more with the characters than the movies ever did. I like the movies. I should say that as well. I I very much enjoy those, both of those movies. And uh, they're definitely, uh, they're just extremely rewatchable. And yeah. I think a lot of that is just because the characters are good. They're good characters. Yeah. And the portrayals in the movies are are well done. But I think the portrayals, for the most part, in the game are better. Maybe not so much in the performances, which are very similar. It's more so that just the writing, they are able to do a lot more with their writing. Because, I mean, obviously, it's an 18-hour game and not a 90-minute movie. So that that helps. Um, but yeah, they're just, they seem much more interested in sort of getting into the the dirt with a lot of these characters' backstories, Drax and Rocket in particular. Yeah. Um, and they tie the main plot into the interpersonal stuff really well. Like, there's not this big disconnect where it's just like, oh, we're doing, you know, emotional, like, Drax drama, and then there's like a big squid monster that they're fighting. They're, the main galactic threat is what causes the interpersonal stuff to come out. Yeah, and, that's kind of um, where I've got to in the game, I think. Yeah, you've just sort of been introduced to, like, the promise stuff, right? And, and yeah. Drax and all that, yeah. I've got to the Drax part. Right. And, um, yeah, I was just I was just completely surprised from start to finish at how likable pretty much everything in that game is. The biggest negative is the combat, and it's just... It's like... It's not good... But I, I wouldn't call the combat bad. It just sort of I existed. <laughs> that's fair. I, I think I that's completely fair. Yeah, yeah I would. I yeah. just think the combat is kind of like. I just thought. I just. It felt like it just was there. It just existed, and I just my eyes would sort of glaze over. It's a shame. It's not better. Um, that's for it sure. It is. It but is, yeah. um, it never was a problem for me. It never got in my way, which um, I was surprised about because on paper it would be something it should be something that is a huge negative for me but i i don't remember anything about the combat in that game so yeah. um but yeah the um it looks amazing from start to finish like it the production does, values yeah. are fucking tremendous like the best use of rtx since control i would say oh yeah it looks so sharp they um they do you know reflections and space go well together there's a lot of metal and reflections and, and lights and colors yeah and i think they they go to more interesting places than the movies ever did or and also just portray the the spaces in a more exciting way like nowhere is so much cooler in the game than it is in the movie yeah. and, and like uh, you said they, go, they just have more time to go to more places yeah yeah and they they go to some some pretty fun weird places um and there's some good fun characters in there I really like Cosmo a lot. Yeah. I quite like Lady Hellbender. She's pretty good. Uh, Drax, Rocket, Groot. They're still great characters. They're just good in any form. I think there's some good stuff that they do with Peter Quill that I was surprised about with his writing and character stuff that definitely is not what they what they would do in the movies. I think the guy's voice actor is a little distracting, but... Yeah uh 
there are definitely times where he works for me, but then there are other times where he just there's a line reader. You're like, is he just doing a surfer bro impression impression mm-hmm. again? Like, yeah, uh, there's a little a little distracting at times, but um, yeah, I I was just totally pleasantly surprised by it from start to finish, and it was exactly the mindless fun romp that I needed at the end of the year. Uh, it was it was the right game at the right time for me for sure. And, yeah, it's fair. Uh, and I would love for them to do a sequel because there's a lot they could improve upon for sure, oh, yeah. obviously. Um, and also because the, the, like the writing and character stuff was really good and I would like to see another fun adventure with them. I don't know yeah. if we're ever going to get another because it really didn't seem like it sold well, but uh, maybe it will maybe in like retrospect when, you know, people talk about it, things take a while to get there sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, over time, it, the story of that game is definitely slowly being you know changing to people being like oh this game is way better than anyone probably thought it was going to be Um, yeah so yeah i i wish there were more games oh actually what i was gonna say is it's 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 kind of the best mass effect game since mass effect 3 it's a much more linear game than mass effect (laughs) no well also that's not no but not only because mass effect is a fucking disaster now but also no one does anything in space and it sucks mm-hmm. where are the fun space games god damn it and um this is a much more linear on rails game than mass effect ever was but um you go to a lot of cool locations you have a crew with you you talk to them on your ship regularly between missions there's a lot of cutscenes and dialogue and the combat's kind of like eh, and I, yeah, there was just a lot of Mass Effect vibes throughout that game as well. Yeah, I, just, I can see it. it I, I just... Why are there not more games set in space? Why are there not more fun space operations? Because you have to be creative to make those. Oh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's it. Number six is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no fucking way would I have ever thought I'd put that on yeah. the list. Let alone... We will, um... It yeah. will come back again for podcast time because yeah. I think I'm like 10 hours in um, and I probably, I don't know if I'm halfway through or maybe a bit past halfway. Yeah, probably a bit. Yeah. But I, I'm liking it. Mm-hmm. I like it. The characters, like you said, are good. I, I like that in the video game adaptations of these superhero things so far, they don't do origin stories. They just yes. set them like kind of deep in their careers as superheroes or whatever you want to call the Guardians. So there's this like obvious rapport and established friendship between these guys, but there's still rifts that go on, even though they've been working together for years. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't know, it's just more interesting than a gang of misfits who have just met and are just, you know, the Marvel thing is just the same shit every time. They get together. Oh no, they've fallen out. Oh, they rally for the finale. And this feels like a more realistic friendship between a group of people, I think. Yeah. And it results in more significant moments that can't really happen between people that I've just met like two days ago. Right, yeah. Uh, I like the characters. Uh, I'm also enjoying just like building out the universe of Guardians of the Galaxy because I'm a fan of the movies. Yeah. All the the Nova Corp stuff has been really interesting to me and Lady Hellbender's been cool. And the the world just allows for a lot of bonkers locations. I'm really enjoying the different spaces in the game and exploring, you know, different worlds and... Each little world has its own little backstory, uh, you know, tippets of lore, mm-hmm. hearing about the Galactic War and all that stuff. It's, it's cool. It's neat. I'm really, I'm really enjoying that element of it. 
I'm just like not really enjoying the gameplay very yeah. much. Just like walking around, Quill's jumping feels weird and floaty, and the combat is uh, nah. Yeah. Nah. I think that's totally, totally, yeah. I completely understand that, yeah. Not my thing, the combat. Yeah, that's very fair. It kind of, um, it's reminding me of how I felt about Star Wars Ginger oh, yeah. Man. Jedi Fallen Order, yeah, yeah. Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. I was like, ah, oh, I can't wait for the second Jedi Fallen Order when they fix this game to not feel a little bit crappy. Right, and yeah. I'm looking forward to Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy whatever 2, hopefully. Mm, yeah. I hope so. I, really I hope, hope so, so too. Because it would be a cool franchise. Oh, I agree, yeah. And, and yeah, there's there's a, a ton of room for improvement. Um, yeah. And, ex- and expansion and a sequel could be really amazing because a lot of the, the important core things are really good. But yeah, uh, yeah I, I definitely I definitely was thinking of, of Jedi Fallen Order a few times when playing it, though I, I like this way more than Jedi Fallen Order, that's for sure, because I... Uh, nothing about Jedi Fallen Order work was mm-hmm. very interesting to me, but people loved that game in such a way that like it's sort of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy where it feels like a, like a sort of mainstream cult classic, which is a, you know, sort of not, it's like a paradox, but that's sort of how it feels where it's just like, yeah, people love this game, but also I feel like no one talked about it, but in Jedi, I mean, that game sold so many copies, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh it's a very good first effort that I would love to see improvement on. Yeah, um, it has very good pacing as well. It's very comfy to play. Yes, yeah, that was that's such a big part of it for me, and uh, something that I think will just sort of come up again and again for the rest of the games for me is just you know com- comfort food is needed, especially at times like this, and it was of definitely course. one of those. And uh, and I yeah, I just can't get over how much of a surprise it was. Like I was lamenting. These are the people that made Deus Ex. Yeah, and I was I was like heartbroken that they've been fucking. They have to make a Marvel game. What about Deus Ex? Let me figure. Let me see the end of Adam Jensen's story. Yeah. No, we're making a Marvel game like every other game dev, and I was so just like, oh god, fuck off, fuck Marvel, fuck Disney. Mm-hmm. I hate all this shit. And then I started playing. I was like, oh, oh, oh whoops. Uh, yeah. I mean, if anything's going to be good, it's going to be Guardians because I mean, it just. It's yeah. the best, in my opinion, of the the Marvel worlds and character rosters. Yeah, and and a lot of that is honestly just to due to the fact that it's fun space stuff. Yeah, like the 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 movies are some of the only fun space movies. Like space movies don't exist either. Also, they're not heroes. That's a nice thing. They're not heroes. That's nice. No, no, they're just well, yeah. In in a lot of cases, I mean, in Drax, Rocket, and Gamora are all super criminals. Yeah. <laughs> With a heart of gold. Yeah. Maybe not so much Rocket, that little fucker. He's he's done really well. He's great. He's, he's, super, he's an obnoxious, kind of annoying asshole, yeah. but he treads the line really well where you still don't ever want him to leave. <laughs> yes. Know? He's that annoying friend in the group that you kind of still like. Yeah, definitely. He's done better than the movies, I think, in that way. Also, there's a llama. Mm-hmm. And there's a very good use of Bobby McFerrin. I don't know if you've gotten to it yet, but... Don't Not worry, sure. be happy is used in a funny way in that game. Hmm. All the all the music is, you know, they do the the movie thing and the soundtrack's good. There's a lot of yeah. good songs on that soundtrack. Anyways, yes. Marvel's any, Guardians um, of the Galaxy. Any technical stuff on PC? Because I have had a no. couple of oddities. I've had two crashes, really? uh oh, wow. some, like weird stuttering. No, nothing. Oh yeah, I've had a bunch of weird shit. 
huh. it, it, seemed, it feels pretty janky to me. Really? Wow. No, yeah. I had, I had, I, I, the only thing I had was I went up a, an elevator and all of my characters were sunken halfway into the floor of the elevator when we were going up. That's the only yeah. janky thing I ever saw. It, I've it a was a lot of stuff like that. The polish of it, in my experience, was a part of the uh, the plus for me. It was Ooh. it was so it felt so like like yeah triple a fancy ex ah, expensive game it, yeah. it does not feel that way to me <laughs> oh that's too <laughs> like, bad none, that's sort of like of ratchet again you know where i you you encounter definitely more jank than i did yeah. for whatever reason yeah it feels pretty huh. that's why i said force not force unleashed uh yeah, fallen yeah. order whatever it feels like that type of quality yes yeah just jedi fallen order definitely was a bit jank oh that's interesting no i i i think i've probably heard people say that but i i definitely did not experience anything like that myself yeah, That's but like audio oddities and crashes really? and stuttering. Your 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 computer just hates you. No, or games hate you. I don't know. I don't know. Just I just I get know. lucky. I think most of the time with uh, with bugs. I'm I'm not sure. Well, yeah. depends Anyways. on the game. Yeah, that's too bad. That's too bad that that's happened. I have but, no idea. Uh, like, I had zero problems with Deathloop, but you had a nightmare. I I don't know how it works. Oh yeah. Oh right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's just PC games are just you know, it's just flipping a coin and hoping you get the good the good side uh yeah well yeah, it's just also like the animations and stuff i don't know the whole thing just doesn't feel very polished to me it just hmm. feels rough around the edges uh we're into the top five right yeah you're number, number five, five. Hmm. hmm number five you actually did mention this game earlier uh okay and you said i hope it's not this game <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> wow, number five, huh? I get it, I get it. My number five is Mario Golf Super Rush. Jesus Christ. I think you might be the only yeah. person on planet Earth that put this game in their top I ten. I <laughs> loved Mario Golf, man. I loved it. I loved uh, Mario Golf. This is my favorite multiplayer game of the year by a mile. I had so, so much fun with Mario Golf. I played it, like, offline quite a lot. I played it with my sister on holiday. I had some drunken friends around and we played it and I've, I've you know, I played it offline. I played it with you guys. We played it with people on the stream and I just absolutely love this game. This is the worst game on my list by a mile. This game, <laughs> this game, so terrible. This game is trash, man. Yeah. This game is an absolute mess, especially by Nintendo standards. Like the oh, online God. for it is just a complete mess. But there's just something about this game. It reminds me of like some of the greatest moments in shooters where you land that incredible like no scope sniper headshot. Yeah. It weirdly translates into this stupid golf game where some of the some of the ridiculous uh, holes I putted or whatever chipped in this year, like some of the most memorable gaming moments when it comes to I don't know your greatest hits, your greatest mo moments and accomplishments. Like some of the some of the shit we pulled off and it was just like a great game with friends. Uh, well, maybe not great game. It was a great experience with friends. I right. enjoyed your misery. I enjoyed Ben's misery. And I think you guys enjoyed my misery. Because when <laughs> it comes to Nintendo games, it isn't a Nintendo multiplayer game if one of you isn't suffering horribly. Uh, and that's... A good Nintendo game is a game where the majority of the time your skill makes you win, but sometimes your friends just ruin your day. Um... And I haven't really got into Mario Kart much. I really hope there is a new Mario Kart so I can start fresh. I just feel too like far gone when it comes to Mario Kart 8 because everyone's been playing it for four years straight. Yeah, yeah. So this is kind of my version of that Nintendo brand of whatever you want to call it. 
it's like a hate love game. I hate playing it and I love playing it and I had an absolute blast with it. And, you know, sometimes it feels a little bad putting a game that you have no respect for on your list and think is kind of trashy. Well, but um, I trash just had... has its pl- has its place. Yeah, I think I have like 50 hours in this game and Good just God. had a wonderful time drinking beers and playing this with Ben. Dragging you down yeah. the rat hole as well was very entertaining. Uh, yeah, nothing but good times with this game. Well, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a lie. That's Mostly a lie, yeah. good times with this game. And Some good times, yeah. Yeah, I just never played anything like this. I don't really play many sport titles. And, you know, if the Nintendo logo slapped on it, maybe it invalidates it as a proper sports game. But I enjoyed, like, trying to get quite good at this game. And at one point, I'm shit now, at one point I was really good at it. And it was really fun. It was really satisfying. I liked the competitiveness of it, and I liked the bullshitness of it. Uh, yeah. What else you have to say? It's a Nintendo golf game, and I had a blast. Yeah, uh, it is sad that you s- that it's the best multiplayer game for you. It is, that is sad. And, and honestly, it's the same for me. It is the best Ooh, multiplayer game of the year, and it, it is in my honorable mentions, I'll yeah. say right now, because... I'm surprised it got there for you. I mean, you know, I ham it up a little bit with my disgust <laughs> and you? hatred of this game a little bit. Um, yeah. Hey, whatever. I The last time we played, I got two hole-in-ones. You did. So, that was sick. you know, it, we ended on a positive note, even though, of course, we're yeah. going to play that game again. Um, sometimes that game gives, sometimes it takes. Mostly takes. It mostly takes, yeah. No, no, I, um, yeah, I think it's terrible, and I had a great time with it, and also a terrible time with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like... The PUBG of golf games. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. But also, yeah. it's pretty good. Yeah. And it provided many memorable experiences. And yes, it's, it, 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 yeah, it's quite enjoyable. And I look forward to playing it again. I know you've played, you know, you got a little burnt out on it for a little while there. But uh, mm-hmm. I would play it pretty much at the drop of a hat because it is a good time. And yeah. I, I, it's a good shit-talking game. And... And it's miserable and yeah. awful. It's got um, yeah. like good downtime as well. I like multiplayer games with downtime for chatting and shit. You know? Oh, 100%. Yeah. The taking turns is the only way to play. Everyone that yeah. does anything other than that is wrong and a crazy person. Well, I understand, but I like the low tempo of it. Yeah. That's, oh, that's totally. appealing to me. Have, have a little yeah. drink. Watch your friends mess up their shots. Give it a go yourself. And there is like a horrible level of mastery to it because the game makes no sense it's like a language that you have to like break through because what the game shows you like the wind speed and the putting stuff is like a bunch of bullshit and you have to learn how to work around it it's like you have to fight it almost yeah yeah it's a bunch of fucking bullshit (laughs) yeah and the characters are unbalanced and if you can get like clubs that just shoot further than other people it's a bunch of bullshit man and it's shocking how like unimaginative a lot of it is where it's like Mm -hmm. here are all these characters and we don't have we couldn't come up with cool powers for any of them um the fact that you have to reboot the game to join a party is the (laughs) most baffling thing i've ever seen in my life the ranked mode was such a joke. Yeah. If your controller disconnects, the game ends for everyone. It's, yeah. yeah. Nintendo. They're not good at making games, but sometimes they're good. The gulf, not golf, in quality between like the, the, the three good games they've made in the yeah. last five years and everything else is so massive. It's just mm-hmm. like, here's Mario Odyssey. Here's Breath of the Wild. Here are the like two of the most beloved and polished games ever made. And here's everything else. Yeah. 
And it's all in like this big, messy, junky pile of, uh, yeah. And it's, I don't know what they're doing some, some most know. of the time. Most of the time, I don't know what Nintendo's doing. And I don't think well, they do yeah. either. One thing we probably should have said like an hour ago is that neither of us played uh, Metroid Dread. Oh, we, yeah. No. Sometimes we clarify if we miss stuff. Right. We didn't say that because uh, I'm not paying $60 for that Metroid game. I'm sure it, it looks fine. Yeah. But I'd pay like 15 bucks for it on Steam, but I ain't paying 60 bucks to try that thing out. I'm sure it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, people, you know, yeah. Currency stuff, people don't realize, like, in Canada, Nintendo games are 100 Canadian dollars because they charge yeah. taxes on them as well. And uh, I'm not going to pay $100 for a Metroid game. I'm going to pay $100 for a shitty golf game, though. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. <sighs> Fucking Mario Golf. When are we next playing it? For God's sake. I hope tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. <laughs> my number five, baby. That was your number five. I can't. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This list is a, all. Both of our lists are a complete They're a nightmare, disaster. Yeah. <laughs> the horrible. Uh, speaking of nightmares. Oh no. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. My number five is It Takes Two. Nice. Nice. We haven't done this so far, Jameson, but we can do a seamless transition the first time in the episode because <gasps> my number four is It Takes Two. Hey, there we go. Clean, yeah. clean. Um, I don't know if we ever, like, I guess we talked about it on the podcast. We really yeah, should so. have given it, like, the main stage treatment because... I think that like, nothing else came out around it, maybe? I can't remember. I think we got, no, I, I, I don't know, whatever, it doesn't matter. I think we got to it late, is the thing. Mm. Or no, it was, yeah, because I was moving right then. Right, right, yeah. So I think um, we just got to it a few weeks late, and then just, there was nothing to attach it to. So anyways, uh, It Takes Two is another very surprising game release for me oh, this yeah. year. Um, one of the best surprises of the year, for sure. Mm-hmm. I would say, I, I think I could say this for both of us, we like... Joseph Rez's games. Yeah. Brothers was uh, an excellent game back in the day. Very clever, very unique, very memorable still. I only ever played that game once, and I remember a lot about it still. Mm -hmm. uh, a cool, cool game. Uh, and then we played A Way Out together and streamed all that. A Way Out is not very good, but it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. It's carried it was... by the fact you're playing it with someone else. Yeah, and it was a, it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. And it just was kind of a mess. But it, it was fun. It was fun, not just genuinely, but also ironically, it was fun. And It Takes Two is pretty much the same gimmick as A Way Out, in that it's split-screen, two people playing at the same time. Except they did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. They made everything about it perfect. <laughs> They came up with fun ideas every 90 seconds. Yeah, my God. They came up with a mechanic and then they use that mechanic for like exactly as long as it needed to be used. And then they throw it in the garbage for the rest of the game yeah, and never come back to it. It's insane. They gave it like AAA production values and they made it feel fantastic as a platformer. They mm -hmm. like... It's kind of crazy. It is crazy. No, it's it not kind of crazy. crazy. It is fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, it is like the perfect embodiment of Joseph Perez as well. Who He is just like an energizer bunny. Right. And a, a bit of a madman in a good way. And this definitely feels like a game that came out of his head. Yeah. Um, 
the thing that shocked me most immediately about the game were two things. It was the controls. Uh, like as soon as they gave you control, I was just like, oh, oh, this game feels excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is a hard thing to get right, I feel like, for me especially, because I'm not a big platformer fan, mainly because they never quite feel as tight as I want them to. And It Takes Two, was that was not the case with this. It, it is yeah. a super tight, super sharp, super responsive, and generous also, because I think you can do like you do like a double jump and then a dash all in midair and yeah, yeah. They just know how to. They knew how to make it feel good. All the, which is a, 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 I mean, it's like a fourteen hour or oh, ten yeah. hour or whatever platformer, so it needs to feel good. Uh, and the other most shocking thing about it was just uh, the production values are insane. Mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable how you are just constantly going through completely new and unique environments and every hour they're completely changing the look of all of them into a new palette basically um and then the fact that you layer on that they just they have unique mechanics for everything uh and also then you layer on the fact that it's fucking weird uh and you encounter like a a B army and then you're hide there's like a stealth sequence with possums and then you murder an elephant and <laughs> go ice skating and yeah. wash your ass in your daughter's tears uh-huh. and fuck oh I forgot about that fucking scene and it, and that that is like 1% of the game yeah. <laughs> um I feel like for both of us that it part of me feels like it should be way higher but there's I don't know why there's just I don't have like a any sort of deep, I don't know, heartfelt attachment or, or maybe the games above it are just really good. I, I don't know. I I think for me, there's almost like there are definitely. It is probably better than a couple of the games, but I just yeah, it's one of those yeah. things where like I I had a fantastic time through it. Yeah, and will think back on it fondly forever. But it's also probably not something that I I don't know if I'll ever replay it. And I don't know. It's 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 maybe just missing like one little thing to like hook onto the heart to get it higher up on the list. Yeah. But I like don't the think story character stuff is a little so, so yeah, I don't remember like story is definitely a big thing for me with games. And, and I don't remember anything about the story except for the parents were fucking crazy people. And <laughs> yeah. there's a, a, the lo- book of love is this weird, obnoxious thing. And yeah. I was laughing at a lot of the story stuff, but I don't remember anything about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it is cool as hell yeah. and everyone should play it. If you can find, if you have someone else to play it with, play it because it is, it is so, so good. It is so well made and so creative and so energetic. I think yeah. that's the word for that game is energetic. And I can't wait to see what their next game is because boy, did they ever yeah. knock it out of the park here. So there probably has like never been so many unique gameplay mechanics introduced in one game ever. Yeah. And then just chucked to the floor like nothing. I feel like maybe the game lacks some cohesion, maybe. It's but also like the reason why it sticks in your mind is because it's so erratic and just yes. all over the place. So if it had been like a more put together, streamlined thing, it would have maybe felt just like another really strong platformer. But it's the like the cocaine fueled madness of the game, <laughs> the the fleeting game mechanics which last ten seconds and then just get chucked to the ground and then you're in a different world and there's no rules to anything. 
that's kind of what makes it feel so different and unique. And also, you kind of feel a bit of like Joseph in there, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. like you can kind of, when you play some of this shit, you can like see him behind someone's fucking back as they're developing, saying, get rid of it, something new, something new. It's like, fucking hell, Joseph, <laughs> relax for a second. Yeah. It took me two weeks to make this thing. Something new, yeah. something new. <laughs> it's, it's just an absolute bonkers ride. Oh, yeah. And it's almost too erratic at times, especially for old men like us. We're like, slow down a second. But that's what makes it what it is. There's nothing Definitely. else like this. Yeah. Because who else would just like make a gameplay mechanic and just chuck it in the floor? Chuck it, chuck it in the bin? A crazy person. <laughs> this frequently. Like, why would you do that? It doesn't even make sense. But that's what they do over and over again for like 15 hours. It is like a, it is almost a physically exhausting game. Yeah. And mentally, because it's just so nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they nailed the pacing of it though. Like they they're very good about even though they're constantly throwing new things at you, they're very good about knowing when to slow down for a few minutes. Yeah. And as I said, they never have anything overstay its welcome, which is really important because all those mechanics, most of those mechanics, would wear out their welcome and be boring if they stayed for an hour. But they're only used for 30 minutes, and so they're phenomenal. And there are a couple of mechanics that they could probably have made a whole game with. But yeah, um, it's fucking that game. Is, it, it is it is kind of a fever dream of a game, though. Also, like, it's, it's almost just... like they're showing off. Like, oh, look yeah. how much stuff we can just come up with whenever we want next. You know, it's like it's like a Naughty Dog level where where Naughty Dog games you're you're just constantly going through just one like ridiculously detailed environment after another right right and just being like oh my god they spent 400 million dollars making this game Mm -hmm. it's sort of like that but as a dumb colorful goofy platform 3d platformer yeah where you're just constantly seeing new things and uh and new mechanics that's the main thing oh yeah new new stuff new stuff new stuff and the mechanics are good they're creative and interesting especially in like a co-op format as well they do stuff with, like, physics and, I don't know, like, vehicle movement, which I've never seen a co-op game even attempt because it's probably a nightmare to make it work with two people. But but they do, continuously, all the time. And it feels effortless from their part. Like they, Yeah. It, it was super polished, never felt like it was falling apart, nothing ever felt bad. Like, it's it's crazy how many games don't get their core gameplay feel right Mm -hmm. and then it's crazy to compare it takes two which has probably like six or eight (laughs) games worth of mechanics in them and they all feel great yeah it's it's a real testament to their to their gameplay people because it like yeah most games struggle to get one thing right let alone 15 yeah and uh yeah what a what a nightmare of a game! Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> it's, it's wild, and good on them for winning. Uh, what was it? Game of the year. At game the of the Achilles. year. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. More people getting exposed to it. It definitely made a splash when it came out for sure. But I, mm-hmm. I feel like more people still need to play it because oh, it, yeah. it is. It's like unmissable gaming, honestly. Yeah, it's essential, I would say. And and they did this with a way out, and I'm glad they kept it up. Where it's just. You only need to buy one copy of the game, and oh yeah, you know, yeah, and it's only forty bucks as well. So if you split yeah. it with the person you play it, you play pay twenty dollars for like a ten, twelve, twelve hour game. Yeah, uh, that is just a a breakneck pace. The only negative, really, I think that I remember we both talked about was 
Um, it sort of peaks early with the uh, the Bumblebee level. Oh my god, yeah. And it's not that all the other levels after it are bad. They're all amazing. It's just that there's not a grand crescendo at the end. Mm-hmm. It just is sort of more of the same. And, and it ended as a bit of a like, oh, oh, I guess it's over now. Um, it, I, I wish they had had maybe one more big, crazy, stupid thing right at the end. To sort it's of... almost like too consistently good and creative, and you almost right. get a bit blind to it by the end. You're like oversaturated in creativity. And it yeah. just all starts to merge into feeling normal, which it shouldn't, because in any other game it would be amazing. But by right, the end, yeah. you're just like shrugging off these incredibly creative visual scenes. Yeah, and then it just ends, and you're like, "Oh, oh, okay, wow." Yeah, that's a good problem to have, though. For <laughs> yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah, not many things can say that. Uh, it's too good all the way through that it starts to blur. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's all I've got to say about yeah, that yeah. crazy game. I think that sums it up. I think it sums it up well. I'm satisfied. Uh, so that was your number four. So that was my back number to me four. for my number four. Right, okay. right, right. Um, we've talked about this one already. I the placement of this has been tricky. Oh, right. Uh, my number four is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, I think it's else. Okay, it's moved up and down, and yeah. I figured I'll just leave it there. It's fine. Um. Yeah, like we said, it's a it's a great Ratchet game. It is. And um, I think all the new characters are great. I really like uh, Rivet and Kit a lot. Um, I really like the writing all the way through. It's it's a uh, it's nice. There's a, a like I said with um, Guardians and uh, is there anything else? No, and Sable. Yeah, and and more to come. I would say games that are are just sort of about you know. Being good to each other and helping each other. Just, you know, who would have thought maybe they stand out in 2021 <laughs> after 2020? Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Um, yeah, that game is about people, well, you know, aliens, whatever the fuck they are, wombaxes, anapomorphic uh, things, and a robot. Yeah, it's about characters, you know, they've got problems and they're they're coming to grips with them and they're okay with them and uh and it's also but it's you know, it's a family movie vibe, so it's not very heavy and it's a very sort of light popcorn experience, but it was like you said comfy blanket somewhere, I think. Yeah. Uh, with some other game and like Ratchet's like the most comfy blanket, really. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's just like a cozy and I I was lucky when we talked about it, um, I definitely had no. I encountered like none of the jank you had. Sort of like Guardians, I, I pretty much had a, a more or less perfect time through with it, with yeah. one exception with the uh, the weird weird dragon thing on that planet. Um, right. Yeah. 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 I have nothing really bad to say about it. I would maybe I was a little maybe a tiny bit disappointed about just how it's just extremely another Ratchet game. Yeah, yeah. I do think they could start to mix it up a bit more substantially going forward, but also mm-hmm. uh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Because it's still extremely comfy and, and reliable, and Ratchet's good at what it does, and nothing else is really doing that. Mm-hmm. And it has that comfy, nostalgic, you know, PS2-era vibe to it that is sort of dead outside of maybe one or two other exceptions. And uh, yeah, I just, it was just a very comfy, very nice experience. It looks amazing. As you said, it is the the PS5 showcase. The gameplay is the best it's ever been. And 
it was one of those games which when it ended i was just like all right if the sequel came out tomorrow i would play it immediately you oh know? yeah um, fuck yeah it was just it left me wanting more in the good way where it's just like keep, keep giving me that delicious popcorn please i mm-hmm. am loving this so uh yeah it was uh it was uh, i was thinking i meant to say this earlier going like looking at the beginning of 2021 looking out at the year i was like i don't know if i'm excited for anything and except for ratchet ratchet and looking at my top 10 list like ratchet's kind of the only one that i ex- like was actively excited for more or less yeah yeah to, like i i definitely yeah i was definitely ex- looking forward to a few other things but um it was kind of the only game that i expected to really enjoy and was extremely excited for yeah um which says a lot about you know what came out that last year but uh it delivered and was super comfy and like you said it's great seeing it in insane triple a clothes and it's mm-hmm. also great seeing everyone being like hell yeah ratchet's still awesome uh because yeah. it is it's a delightful franchise and uh I hope they never stop making them because yeah, like you said, I'll just keep playing them. So I've not been playing them as long as you have, but uh, I do like them quite a bit. I would love to see this. I believe 2022 is the 20th anniversary of Ratchet. Oh, nice. I would love to see uh, like a 4K60 collection of some of those older <gasps> games. Because I saw a video, the uh, the PS3 emulator yeah. um, has come a long ways and I saw 4K60 gameplay of... A rift, uh, no, what, 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 the crack, crack in, time. in time, yeah, and oh boy, oh yeah, 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 oof, anyways, yeah, ratchet, good old ratchet, good old ratchet, we're into the top three, top three, oh top my god, three. all right, my number three <gasps> is Returnal. Mm. What is crazy about Returnal to me is that I think it might have the best gunplay of the entire year. Yes. And it's on console. Yeah, yeah, that is shocking to hear from you. <laughs> I don't like console shooters at all. Um, and I should, I should say and clarify, it's because I'm bad at them and I don't play uh, shooters on console. Uh, playing shooters on console is obviously completely fine and a good way to do it. But when you haven't done it for like six years or so and you suck at it, obviously it's not as fun. So it was a little off-putting to me to see Returnal was, you know, PS5 exclusive. I'm going to have to play on controller. And I don't know what black magic they did, but it feels absolutely electric to play this game. It's the speed. It's the bullet hell-ness. It's the enemy designs, the incredible bosses, the sound, the music. Um, This game is just... It kind of reminds me a little bit of Risk of Rain. I think in the in the past when Risk of Rain is like kicking off again, Risk of Rain 2 is very bullet hell-ish. There's something about the genre when it's flowing which feels like a symphony. It's like jazz, it's like music. And Returnal really feels that way but on a triple A scale, which I haven't seen before. And when you are in the flow state of Returnal, it's just one of the best feeling shooters ever made. Yeah. I... I don't know if that's pushing it too far, but I just think this game has a style that is unlike anything, and I don't know what it is. There's like a magic factor to some games, like obviously yeah. Doom is the go-to example, and you know, you could, you could get like a game designer to break down all the mini facets of Doom, which, which give you that feel of ripping. You're like, I'm fucking ripping in this game, and 
Returnal doesn't feel like Doom. It doesn't look like Doom, but it, it has that same energy. It's almost something I can't really explain or quantify. Yes. But every now and then you'll play a shooter where you... It has you're, a certain frantic je ne sais quoi, if you will. Yeah, it's like a magic factor where you're not blinking and you're flowing and you're ripping. And I, there isn't a word for it. And not many games have it. Uh, but Returnal has it. And it's a console roguelite thing from Housemark. Uh, so yeah, that was weird and unexpected. Uh, and one of the best games of the year, and one of the best shooters I've ever played, especially on console. Uh, where did that come from? I have no idea. I don't um, know. I also just love the like world design around Returnal. Uh, I like that, even though some of the stuff outside of just the general fighting was a little bit disappointed, pointing at the, the house stuff, the weird... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Not, not gothic. Uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. Like the... What do you call like the celestial uh, eldritch? Horror. Eldritch. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted that to go further, but it yeah. still helps when you are playing a rogue-like thing, and there's just something there. Like even if it's a, a carrot on the end of a stick, which doesn't really have that much of a satisfying conclusion, it just really helps with the repetition and pacing of games like this, and just having something to always work towards helps. Also. I think we said this in the review and it comes off a little obnoxious, but being better at games, I think, helps Returnal land better because you don't have to repeat the same stuff a hundred times. Like, it didn't take me many attempts to get through to the second part of the game, and then it didn't take me that many attempts to beat the game. And I think a big problem for people with Returnal is it is a difficult game. Um, And if you are forced to do the same shit more times than we did, I can understand people finding it a little bit... Uh, repetitive as you think statistically it was the least completed game of the year i think yes i think you're right or like number two or something i think it was 12 minutes at number one no i don't know yeah oh, it was something God. it was Thank it was God. very high on the list of least completed games. Yeah. yeah which is which is fair it is a tough game uh you know we play shooters i played a bunch of bullet hell so we're you know veterans in this genre if you want to call we're that good at games we're good at games and we're old and we played a lot of them uh yeah. so yeah it, like there was no pacing problems for me uh, I was actually just sad when this game ended, and I wish it was longer and more difficult. Honestly, I just want more of this game. Yeah, uh, I really hope we yeah. get an expansion of some sort. Yeah. Oh my god, I would be so fucking excited for an expansion of Eternal. I have to imagine it comes out on PC eventually, and this game on a PC will be <gasps> like transcendental. Imagine, like, it'll yeah. Just, mouse and keyboard high frame rate would be just like. Like, it would probably be as good as Doom Eternal. <laughs> and maybe people could mod it into a more traditional roguelite that went further yeah. than, like, three to six rounds. Ooh. Yeah. Made it more difficult, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe they will have an expansion that uh, that adds some of the things that we talked about wanting. Uh, yeah. That would be pretty exciting, yeah. But yeah, uh, we, again, we did a review on it, and I don't have much more to say, except it's one of the best-feeling games when it comes to combat, gunplay of the entire year and for me on consoles it's the best one ever which you know obviously i'm not the best judge when it comes to console shooters i'm basically an outsider at this point but i did not expect to have a fantastic uh combat action gameplay thing with a console game and i did and i just want to play more of it me too yeah it's been a quite a while since I've last touched that mm-hmm. game. I might have to get back into it. I, I know. Every time we talk about anything on this list, I'm like, oh, I could probably play that again. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good sign. I mean, you know, yeah. there were there were many good games this year. 
as we get to the two-hour mark here. Yeah. Also, I don't know if I said it, but the music in Return of Rips. I think I did say that, but I can't remember. It's amazing. Well, I, I, I have to imagine I know the last two games on your list, um, but I am curious to see what order they come in. Mm-hmm. And uh, you probably know the last three on mine, but I'm not sh- Definitely, well, anyways. I know. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, my number three is resident evil village damn nice nice i loved this stupid fucking game yeah i'm glad you did it was so dumb part of it is uh me making up for the fact that i i should have put resident evil 7 on my list in 20 Mm -hmm. resident evil 7 fantastic it was my uh, introduction to the franchise and resident evil 7 is a hell of a game it's great um, but I have problems with it, and uh, one of those is that it's really uh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, and also, I think the other big one for me was just the environmental variety, sort of. An enemy variety as well. An enemy variety, and the like, whole cave system at the end. And anyways, or in the boats section. Yeah. But I, I, Seven is a great game. Uh, Village. I would say outside of about a 30-minute period from when you walk into the village to Ugh, yeah. when you open the gates to the castle, which I thought that whole section was just kind of a mess. Yeah. Me Aside too. from that, I pretty much loved every second of this game. Nice. I have in my notes that it's the king of schlock for this year. It's so unbelievably yeah. stupid. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> and it's... It doesn't give a fuck about being stupid. It's just so into itself. It's just like, we're just going to do this now because it's fun and stupid. And someone wrote it down on a whiteboard four years ago and we just never questioned it and developed it. Yeah. Um, is it cohesive? No. Is it well written? No. <laughs> no. Um,. Is every segment as good as the other? No, but I think every segment, it's sort of like It Takes Two, where none of the segments overstay their welcome. Yeah. And the one segment that I would say is not as interesting is that sort of trek to the factory where you're just shooting a lot of werewolves. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it's like 15 minutes, so who cares? Um, it This game basically solves all the problems that I had with Seven. Uh, the environmental and enemy variety is great. Mm-hmm. the castle segment's fantastic the pt segment is amazing the fish monster segment's really stupid and then the terminator factory i thought was quite cool i i liked that segment quite a bit and then it ends uh, uh by turning into modern warfare which was also very silly um so it solves the problem of repetition and sameness it also solves the problem of not being scary um yeah. With the exception of the PT segment, which is like an all-time great segment, especially yes. the first time through. Just fantastic. They, they nailed it. Um, but it, this is much more of a, an atmospheric action nonsense game. And um, as I said, sort of with Guardians of the Galaxy, I love me some linear games still. Um, and I think just because we've had so... We've, it's been like five, six, seven years of the open world being so dominant that these, whenever we get a good linear game, it really stands out to me. And yeah. uh, this was, it's only like eight hours, but it feels way 
denser or longer because it's so dense there and and you're constantly going to new places and doing new things and it never stops moving yeah and i actually wish the game was longer honestly i felt like a lot of the sections felt a little fleeting and some of the characters that are tied to each sec each section just kind of come and go like i yeah. wish the swamp section was longer because i liked the aesthetics and the griminess of the swamp mm. uh I, I guess the scary section couldn't have been too long because people would have pissed themselves but but like the castle could have been longer, honestly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll i be curious to replay it to sort of see. I never, but I, I, for me, it was like, I thought it was, it worked for like the perfect length for me. Everything, I, the fleeting nature of it, I think is part of the charm to me. Sort mm. of in the way everything in It Takes Two is thrown away so quickly. Yeah. Uh, I like how just insanely high production value that it is. And that you're just sort of going through all these places quickly. And that they sort of distill the Resident Evil loop um, down and let you go through that loop like three times probably. Where you're learning the environment and exploring and unlocking things. They just shrink it down and make it a more digestible thing. and, And then let you do it. At least twice, right? With the castle and the factory. Actually, the and then... castle, factory, and village itself. Oh, yeah, the village itself, right, of course. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the swamp and is a little bit more lean, uh, linear. Definitely. And the the PT segment, obviously, mm-hmm. is super linear. But that's the thing I like so much about Resident Evil is learning the environment, unlocking the secrets, opening the doors, getting better at pathing through it, and then basically solving it and moving on and it was the my favorite thing about seven and also my probably biggest complaint about seven is you eventually sort of move away from that more and uh this just felt like we got to or maybe not so much seven but definitely two and three whereas like i wish resident evil 2 was just the cop station because the cop station station is so good yeah and then you go into the sewers and you're like oh god um and resident evil 3 i don't remember anything about so yeah um but yeah i just i i really like that loop and and you get to do it a few times here and uh and then also yeah i have no attachment to the story in resident evil which is probably not probably it's definitely a good thing to not care about because wow is the story in this game ever stupid and i i was laughing for basically the last two hours straight of this game um i i i I just (laughs) kept going and it just it it just kept (laughs) descending into nonsense and i just kept laughing more and more at how stupid it was yeah the ending reveals are so dumb uh the gag that they keep up from seven is so funny every time it happens and the explanation for it is so stupid (laughs) uh i really look forward to replaying village because i just yeah i had a great time with it i love dumb dumb bullshit and uh i'll not uh, there's a decent chunk of my love for village that is sort of ironic and pointing at it and laughing but also i just i was sort of enthralled by it from start yeah. to finish and there's, and there's good stuff in there yeah and i, I they, like they nail the atmosphere the visuals uh the the variety of places you go and and yeah it, it was it was delightful and uh i I'll be curious to see how I feel about it when I replay it. I think I'll enjoy it as well. I, I should really play it on a PC as well. Oh, yeah, because, for sure. Uh, Higher difficulty PC playthrough? Yeah, it's definitely the antithesis of Returnal as well in terms of uh, f- good controller shooty feel thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I, you know, I, that is also, I think, d- deliberate to a degree. I, 
Village is definitely much more of an action game, and I feel like they probably could have improved the shooting, and it will be it'll feel way better on a PC. Um, but I I wasn't really bothered by that stuff. But uh, yeah, Resident Evil Village. I can't wait to see what they do with Nine because oh yeah, it's gonna be nonsense, and I have no idea. Like I think that's the cool thing about Resident Evil is you never know what the next one's yes. gonna be. Yeah, I agree. Not just in terms of setting and story, but also... Quality? <laughs> exactly. It could be atrocious. Yeah. And you never know. And uh, I don't know. There's some stuff that they set up at the end of 8 that I, I shouldn't like read too much into, but I really hope... There are a lot of like moon references at the end of Village, and I really want them to go to space. <laughs> that would be, that'd be cool. I'm in. If Fast and Furious can go to space, I think Resident Evil can go to space. Yeah, um, so, at some point. Yeah. So yeah, Resident Evil Village. Good job, Capcom. You guys make really dumb video games. They do. Please keep going. <laughs> oh, they will. I think oh, it, I know. It, it sold so well. It did, yeah, yeah. People Thank love goodness. that series. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. It's it's wild and unpredictable. It is, yeah. Yeah. And I look forward to all the other like four I'm curious to see the four remake. There's also Rumors of some sort of Revelations sequel coming out. I don't know anything about that part of Resident is, Evil, but... Is the full remake supposed to be this year? I don't know. Because they've I been think cranking out be... a Resident Evil game per year for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think there is something that... I think it's like the Revelations game is supposed to be this year, and then okay. I think the remake probably next year, and then... Nine in 2024. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, we'll see. Or they crank them out. They do, they do. And rightly so. I mean, they're... Even Resident Evil 3, which was a scam, um, was was pretty good time. Yeah, it was. Which made it worse. <laughs> it made it hurt more that it was actually fun to play for three hours. Yeah. I blinked and it was over and mm-hmm. I was out $90, but it was pretty, you know, it was a good time. There's was, was some dumb bullshit in that game too. Yeah. Anyways, that's it. That's my number three. Yeah. I mean, I never would have predicted before it came out that it would be this high up your list. Oh, me neither. No, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I was looking forward to Resident Evil Village, but I was not, like, super excited about it. Yeah. I, I knew it was going to be good and I would enjoy it, but I did not think I would have a uh, pretty fantastic time with it from start to finish. I That's was, cool. it's, yeah, th- there were some good surprises this year. M- many of the games oh, yeah. on my list were sort of out of nowhere or way better than I ever anticipated. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so. All yeah. right. Number two. Number two. Hmm. I'm number curious two. which one it is. My number two. It's a big one because then you know my number one. Yeah. And I will be honest. I think I uh, I told you yesterday after we did some recording that I was really struggling with the placement of number two and number one. I understand now knowing which what the two games are. I understand why. Yeah. But I, I think I, I'm happy to give my number one to the game that you know and we'll get to. My number two is Valheim. Mm. Valheim is what you could probably call a Joe game. This game is very much made for me. Valheim, I think, is the best survival game of all time. It fixes a lot of the really irritating problems that the survival genre has had. It fixes... Uh, the food and water bullshit that no one really wants to do. And for the most part, it does a good job of fixing the resource grind. The only thing that doesn't come under that is trees. 
You always have to cut down trees, but that's also tied mostly into base building, which in itself is optional. You really don't have to create an elaborate base. And if you're not doing the elaborate base building, you don't need to chop, chop down a thousand trees like I did. It has a really clever system where once you reach like a threshold of, uh, you know, armor and stuff, then you'll never have to mine copper again. Like copper's just done for the rest of the game. And then you'll just move on to a different resource. Um, the surprising thing about Valheim is when you start the game, it's a little challenging, but it's quite a comfy and nice experience. It almost feels like you start off in the Shire, you build yourself a little shack, you're beating up some, uh, God, it's been a while since I played now. Oh, yeah, what are they called? Uh... What are those little bastards called? <laughs> yeah. The drunken guys that walk around with their arms out. I can't remember. I haven't played uh, in quite a while. Because this is January of 2020. Yeah, this was like the first gr uh, Grey Dwarf? Grey Grey Dwarfs. Graylings. Graylings, yes. Yeah, this this was like right at the end of January. It was like the first game of the year, basically, mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't know if you ever saw it. I know you didn't experience it, but this game gets really, really mean. Um, it's maybe one of the, like, the most mean-spirited survival games out there. And it has maybe some of the most punishing, it has like the most punishing deaths in like all of survival history. Like people thought Dark Souls was mean. Like the anxiety of building a boat. And again, depending on your seed of your world, this might not be a problem. But with, with my solo seed, I, I had to fucking sail for 20 minutes across the entire ocean just to get to iron uh, or copper. I can't remember which one it was. Then mining it surrounded by fucking giants in, in a deep forest and then getting back. And the waters between the two places were full of hydras. And if a hydra kills you in the middle of the ocean, your stuff is just in the middle of the ocean. And you have to basically start fresh because you, you can't <laughs> like you can try and get back with no armor, but you at least have to build a boat from fresh. And the, the anxiety and pressure that comes from exploring in Valheim is unlike anything I've ever played ever. Because games are just kind of nice. There's checkpoints. There's, I don't know, you just, you, when you die in some games, you don't lose all your stuff. Uh, Valheim's just kind of a bastard. Uh, this game is super mean, and it, it has this, like, juxtaposition in tones where you, you feel super safe in your little base, in your starting area. And it has, like, the comfiest, comfiest feeling and it has... Oh, the, and the flutes are, are going, and the, the soundtrack is lovely, and... The sun is setting, you're by the water, yeah. potentially oh. you should. And I, I, I'm kind of skipping around here, but it also has, for me, outside of Minecraft, my favorite base building out of any game ever. And I don't know why I was so attached to base building in Valheim. I think I spent like 50 hours making my giant Viking base in my solo playthrough. I just, it's just so comfy to just play that game uh, with my moat, which took me fucking hours to dig out, surrounded by spikes, big walls, uh, which is really annoying because the, uh, the Graylings actually can swim around at these fucking assholes. But then the juxtaposition of like being in this comfy base which you have crafted by yourself from hand and then going out on this voyage just full of anxiety and tension that if you die, you have to like figure out a rescue mission for your own stuff which you can also die again. <laughs> and uh, me and Ben had a couple of those occasions where we died in the middle of a swamp and you don't want to die in the middle of the swamp, let me tell you that. Uh, and actually, I think... That actually kind of killed mine and Ben's co-op playthrough because it's not as much his thing. You know Ben, he's a comfy gamer. And I'm, I'm sure he didn't watch the streams, but there were a few times where 
we had some real shit happen in the swamps and he was silent for like 10 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> he was not talking <laughs> oh, for no. 10 minutes. And I was like, because I'm a fucking maniac and I like this type of shit. I love it when stuff goes wrong in games because I'm an idiot. And so I was kind of reveling in the moment and he, he was, you know, not happy that we had to like make armor from scratch and then figure out a rescue plan for our stuff. And then he died for a second time. And it isn't for everyone, but I feel like the people... It was like a weird thing with Valheim where the outsiders were kind of like looking at it and being like, I don't, I don't really see it. But if you get it, it's a really, really special experience. There isn't anything else like it. It's super open, super free for you to approach it however you want. And I feel like you could play this game and not even go after the main objective, which is taking down the five bosses in the game. Mm. You could just make a little base and just be very content. Uh, but the freeformness of having to explore, you have no idea where anything is. It's just... It's a kind of like mean game in a way which feels really, I don't know, organic and natural and you're taking on the world how you want to do it. No map markers, not really any tips and tutorials except for like the first five minutes. Uh, just like a brutal and, I don't know, revelatory experience for the survival genre for me. Uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant and it's just something that which really clicked with the way that I like games to be. Uh, mean, open and kind of creative in like how you approach things and a great building system um, and also great co-op times with ben uh you know until it kind of broke him as a person and he never came back which is which is fair which is yeah. fair the, the game gets mean really quick i um i remain sad that uh i i basically missed valheim because it was right when i was starting to move so i was in uh condo showing mode mm -hmm. the whole time and it, that was so exhausting oh my god um and and i just completely missed out on all of it basically and i, I tried yeah. to play it after the fact or or i i think i tried it very briefly i remember sitting on like an uncomfortable chair in my barren office area <laughs> playing some of it and just being like fuck this game i'm going back to lying on my couch i was watching myth re-watching re mythbusters and playing uh mario 3d world on my switch and that that was the vibe i needed right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, i'm sad because i look at it and there are a lot of things about it that i feel like if, if i had been around and been playing in co-op with you guys i probably would have gotten similarly deep into it as you did because yeah. i I like things like this. I like, and I especially like building. I love yeah. building a base and the and and going through the grind of getting materials to build stuff is something I really enjoy. And visually, I I, I quite like the look of it. It's sort of a weird, ugly game, but in a it's, oh yeah, they even mentioned that. I I love how it looks. Yeah, it's it's a very weird look, but it works and mm -hmm. is quite nice. And uh, the most fun I had was we did a few Mythbusters videos, and yeah. I, I really enjoyed those because it it allowed me to build a few things, and also I was just cheating, so it was like whatever. Yeah. Um, and we got to interact with some of the dumb stuff in that game, and and I I quite enjoyed those few little segments. Yeah, me too. Did. Me too. Um, but yeah, I just I am sad I missed the boat on Valheim, and not that it's gone i mean it's still in early access i mean they've oh, only yeah. done one update right and i feel like i can't tell but i feel like people have turned against that game a little bit i don't know i i can't yeah, I tell think, what's I going think on people are frustrated at the lack of significant updates i think right yeah because it i mean they were a tiny team of like four or five people i think this was such a crazy flash in the pan like 2021 ass game like it yeah how many fucking millions of copies does it sell like 
uh, like 15 million or something ridiculous. It was it was like every three days. It was it was they were at another million copies. Sold. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eight million as of August. Like that's insane. Yeah, that is insane. Eight man. million. Yeah, I'm I'm sad I missed it because it's uh it seems really neat and uh, maybe you know maybe maybe it will still happen one day for me. Yeah, plenty of time, mate. It's not even finished. No, I know that's the thing. It probably won't be for another couple of years. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, yeah, Valha. I I knew it was gonna be high on your oh list. Oh my god. It, yeah. yeah. How many how how many hours do you have in that game? Like a hundred and something. It's like yeah. Most of that is you got, base building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that that occupied like all of February and like a good chunk of March for you, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, that was that was like six or eight weeks of just Joe is playing Valheim. <laughs> 125 hours. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a chunk. That's a chunk of time. I also think that comes into play for me because I don't really spend a lot of time in one game. Mostly yeah. because, you know, I, I'm not the biggest multiplayer fan. Well, I mean, I like multiplayer games, but I guess the way it has gone is not been to my taste. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. like, having a game with a shit ton of content was a novelty for me. I haven't, like, been able to sink 100 hours into anything outside of, you know, like, JRPGs. Like, a survival action game, brutal action game with boss fights? Like, fuck yeah, count me in. I mean, the only, like, negative is because it was early access. I stopped playing simply because there was an optimization problem with base building. Right, If you got that. into um, terraforming, which you should, because you can make your, ba your base fully flat, which is so, so satisfying. Uh, I made my base fully flat and made a giant moat. So I dug down to the water and put up fences and all this shit. And then my game was down to like 25 frames. And I was like, oh, yeah. man. I kind of broke the game for myself. So I've, be, I've been waiting. I think I checked in not too long ago and it was up to like, I don't know, like 40 frames. And I was still like, ugh. Yeah, so, it's definitely one of those games that should just run perfectly at all times. Yeah. Or you feel like it should, you know, based on the video. I haven't checked yeah. in uh, in a while. Maybe it's nice mm. now, and they had a major update. So I obviously will be going back to it. But it's also one of those things which I kind of want to clear whatever else I have going on. Because when I get into Valheim, I mean, that's it. You'll be unavailable for the month. Yeah. God. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to quantify it, but I just absolutely adore that game. I, I'm sad. Yeah, I'm sad. Because I, I, I can imagine you looking back on it, you know, and, and just, oh, when you boot it up again, the musical hit and and you'll remember like, oh, I spent this occupied like 20 percent or 15 percent of the entire year for me was in, mm -hmm. in here. And those are special and rare yeah. for sure. I have it's a sort folder of like, uh, full of my pictures of my base progressing. I took, oh, like, nice. Little diary of it. That's excellent. That's sort of like Astroneer for me, where it's like when I get oh, back yeah. in Astroneer again, I'll be like, ah, my sweet, sweet Astroneer. You know, uh, those are, yeah, they're, those are the special. Those are special experiences for sure. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it had like an, it's so hard to like put into words. I feel like I've just like listed like a couple of elements about it, but there's like a magic. And I don't know how to explain like what makes it more than just like a survival game with base building, because it just sounds like another game in the genre, right? No, I know. Yeah, it, yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It's something about like the openness, the freedom, the amount of content that's available there, the stories that come out of it, and you know the 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 tension and punishment of making mistakes. It kind of feels like a like the bosses feel like raid bosses, where you're really planning your action. You set up portals so you can escape, but the portals can break. Oh my god, the portals break! It's horrendous. That game's terrifying and magical. It it, it occupied. Such a it had such a presence without me even ever 
getting into it or really liking it that I, I still deeply associate it with 2021. Like it Mm -hmm. came up so much. You played it so much and there were so many pictures and I, I enjoyed just looking at all the things people were building and Oh yeah. It is definitely one of the most 2021 games for sure. I got to play it again. You're going to have to get footage of it. So yeah. So the frame rate is you're going to send me 40 hours of footage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe. All right. My number two. Number two. My number two is your number three. My number two <gasps> is Returnal. Wow, 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 wow. You're not, probably not that big of a surprise. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. When it comes to two and one, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the only thing, honestly, if, if Returnal had had like a control level story, it would have been number one. Like if, if they had nailed the story stuff in Returnal, uh, it would have been, it probably would have been number one because mm-hmm. it is everything about Returnal is amazing, uh, except for that story, which is yeah. a, a, ultimately a bit of a letdown, but not so much that it ruins the game or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the first note I wrote was it's the freshest game of the year. And I think that still holds mm. up like nine months later. It's mm-hmm. just so unique and clever and them transitioning from their 2d bullet hell stuff and making a third person triple a shooter it worked so well that it's kind of shocking yeah like they've i mean housemark has been around for a long time um but they've only ever made like arcade games and the fact that they were just able to like staff up and then make a housemark ass housemark game except as a huge playstation exclusive is just wild yeah. And they they just like out of nowhere skyrocket up the ladder of top tier devs all of a sudden. And I don't really need to say much cuz I think you nailed everything uh, with what you said about it. It's just it is so unbelievably good to play. Mm-hmm. It is right up there with Doom Eternal as like one of the best playing things ever. And as you said, it's all on a controller and you never really feel that as a negative. There were a few times there they definitely have frame rate problems the longer you play that game. I wonder if those are still there, but um the dual sense like all the all the little all the guns and like the pitter patter of the rain and Oh yeah, I forgot. Everything about that game just feels so good. Like you said, it's it's just got this nebulous sort of like I don't know what make game feel good, but game feel real good. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. and it it just got that they just nail game feel and that is one of the hardest things to get and also the most important because it's a video game. (laughs) So uh, it's sort of a shame that it's still, you still sort of praise the ones that really nail it because every game I feel like should be nailing it nowadays. But uh, yeah, just what a weird, creative, fucking fun as hell thing to play. Uh, Best boss fights of the year. They're amazing. The Hyperion boss fight is incredible. Mm Mm-hmm. Like one of the best boss fights I've ever seen, but all of them are are quite cool. Uh, like the the one at the end of the World Three, the weird floating tree thing is also amazing. Where you're like oh, falling, yeah, and yeah. that that one is amazing. Uh, I the final boss is a little easy, but it looks ama- and sounds amazing. Yeah, uh, the the sound design. This is like the best sounding game I've played in years. Uh, everything about it just sounds so. It sounds so alien. Mm-hmm. Like just shooting a gun 
in a quiet room, just shooting it off into the distance and here the way it echoes around th- that alone sounds better than most games. Yeah. And, and then they just, you know, all the enemy sounds, the music, as you said, the boss sounds, the boss music, uh, the, the underwater stuff, the way the sort of oppressive, you know, dampening underwater. It's just so good. It is such a cool ass game. And, and the 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 story stuff is a letdown, but the world is ne- even if the world like the reality of the world is sort of like I don't know fucking story stuff. Who knows? Doesn't really matter because the world they portray is still fascinating and yeah. and creepy as hell. And like we said, that eldritch vibe of just like this is a very alien thing that's happening here on like everything about. Everything just feels so alien in that game. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it is fantastic. And I kind of just want to go play it right now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I haven't played it in a long while. And, uh, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, it had me, it had its hooks in deep. And uh, I did struggle initially. I could not, I, it took me a while to get past that first boss. I think I only got past it after about five or six hours. But, um, after that, it was just like everything clicked for me. And I I did not have really any expectation for Returnal. I thought it looked neat. Yeah. But I, I was also very apprehensive because I don't like bullet hell stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I find it a very lame, uh, like it's kind of lame and obnoxious and frustrating in the 2D. I, I just don't like it at all. And I don't, as I've said, Maybe I should stop saying I don't like roguelikes because maybe I actually do, but <laughs> I don't know. Like just going into it, and even for the first couple hours, I was like, "Yeah, this is cool," but I'm not making any progress, and I don't know about the bullet hell stuff. But then beating that first boss, everything just sort of like snapped into place, and it was just I was just having an amazing time, and I just kept playing it even after I beat it. I just kept I was chasing trophies just just because it was fun to play, and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it is such a neat game, and I desperately hope they either make an expansion or just do another, just do it, just make a sequel. Oh my god! I hope it so comes hyped. to PC. Uh, I mean, Sony bought them, so I would imagine Returnal will uh, <laughs> return at some point. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Anyways, that's Returnal. <laughs> no, nice. nice it's dude. super good, everyone. It's and so I, good. I don't know how much of a splash it made. I don't I don't know. I, I don't pay attention to much anymore, but it depends on who had a PS5. No one has PS5s, but it's like it's the I mean, it, there aren't really any PS5 games, but it's the best one because there's yeah. only 3 of them. It doesn't make it um, sound that good, but it is. No, it yeah, it's so good. It is such a cool game and it, it it's it's a very un-Sony like game. Like Sony, you know, their first party loves their cinematic open world third person action games. And and hey, I, I like them too. But um Returnal is extremely, extremely different from all their other first party things. Um and I would love to see more not just more Returnal, but just more weird stuff like this. Because mm-hmm. this it it's so refreshing when you just have this weird, super creative thing. And uh, yeah, Returnal is amazing. God, it's so sick. It's so good. The last last year we broke our trend of I think having the same 
game as our number one for like four years in a row or maybe even five years in a row what and was last what year last oh, year half-life for you oh, yeah. was number one yeah but we did our number ones lined up for 2019 2018 2017 and 2016 um wow. but i was gonna say you know maybe the trend will resume this year or maybe we will have differing number ones again i mean mario party did come out last year let's just say um it's it's complicated okay mm-hmm. it's complicated because i am a stickler for my self-imposed rules oh yes right 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 yes, yes. okay mm-hmm. i like that my my lists are always from the year that we're talking about and they're mostly always games even for a while i was a bit uh weird about early access games i was like well, yeah. and again we have our own rules so I'm not, you know we don't have like a group you know situation we just it's our whatever list. we want yeah exactly so i wanted my number one to be a game mm-hmm. and it is a game my number one of the year that's good it would be weird if it was like a movie or something yeah that would be a bit odd but um I have to deviate here and talk about something else mm-hmm. because the best thing I played all year was an expansion. Mm. So I'm going to start there and then we'll go to the game. So all right. I kind of have two things on my number one. I, I love that. And if it bothers people, uh, Fuck he- them. Heavenly Bodies gets the kick and everything gets moved down one. You guys can figure it out. The best thing I played all year by a mile was the Echoes of the Eye expansion for Outer Wilds. Um, We talked about it briefly on the podcast. Um, I don't know if I did a very good job of selling how much I liked it in the podcast, but I think it might... Did I say it was one of the best things I've ever played? Because that's well, yeah, I can't remember. how I, I feel can't about it. differentiate that from our Discord conversations. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was the best fucking thing ever. Yeah. I think the first couple of hours, the introduction to The Stranger and the early revelations that come with that are maybe some of the most surprising, shocking, and magical gaming moments I've ever experienced. And the fact that we had no idea what this expansion was going to be, it kind of emphasized even more like the incredible revelations and the length and the depth of the DLC afterwards. It was just an unbelievable experience when we expected nothing and i just can't state how much of a good time i had (laughs) with this expansion yeah i think it might be the greatest video game space ever made not only is like the the basic design of it super super clever and interesting but like the physicality and the the physics systems behind how it works after I'm going to I'm going to call it the the event, you know what I mean mm-hmm. by the event? I'm just going to call it the event because uh, it's a really fun moment for people who haven't played it. Um like the physics systems and the simulations that happen after the event would would like jaw dropping to me. I haven't seen shit like that in giant triple A games and I don't know how Mobius keeps getting away with this shit. Like the scale of the stuff they're doing in the physics systems. It's just, it feels like this is from the future. I didn't even know this stuff was possible. And like the, it's hard to talk about this without, you know, being very specific and I want to be vague, but I really connected with how dense the stranger was and how the knowledge you gain, 
like recontextualize the way that you can go about the stranger, the way you could enter the stranger, the way you can traverse it. And it felt like the greatest example of mastering an environment. You had to know every inch of the stranger, but not only that, you had to learn how it changed over time mm -hmm. in multiple ways. Ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> And the mastering of The Stranger, I think, is why I never felt frustrated during the middle section, because I definitely had some moments like you where I wasn't getting a lot done. Yeah. But I was always just exploring, learning the place a little better. And then when the time came with the event, I was just kind of fucking around with it. And just, I, I went into more detail in our podcast, but I, I just played with the event for like three loops in a row because I thought it was so hilarious and I had such a good time like messing around with the physics and seeing certain areas change. Mm -hmm. uh, I really liked the puzzle design in this. I thought there were some amazing puzzle revelations um, and there was definitely some great moments in the base game. I do think the base game overall is a more impressive feat in game design because of, you know, having a bunch of different planets that you can visit in any order, and it all coalesces into one solution. I think the Outer Wilds base game is genius. But I think, again, we talked about it in the podcast, that different brains kind of like different things. And there was something about unraveling one place and just being continuously surprised about how much stuff is in this one... I was going to say one little place. It's not a little place, but it's in one area. It was just like, I couldn't believe it kept going and going and going. And it just kept giving me more and more stuff. And every time I thought it was about to wrap up, there would be something new. Um, I think because of Echoes of the Eyes, I can say with confidence that The Outer Wilds is now my favorite single player game of all time. Ever. Uh, and that hasn't happened for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I think I've stuck with my... Uh, I think it's been Bioshock. I've said Bioshock is my favorite single player game of all time. And it's been lodged there since 2000 and was it seven or was it eight? Seven. I can't remember. Yeah, 2007. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've, I've considered putting The Last of Us up there as well because I love The Last of Us. But Bioshock just kind of cemented my love for single player games. It has like this historic value to me. And I just, you know, I never thought it would be dislodged. It's like how I feel about Halo 3 in the multiplayer section. It's like there's no way a multiplayer game could ever dislodge Halo 3. And that's kind of how I felt about Bioshock. That's like how I would feel about Mass Effect 2. Which yeah. Is very similar. Like yeah. it's cemented. Like how can it move? It got me yeah. to where and I am And then The today. Witcher 3 came out and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. And then The Outer Wilds came out with Echo of the Eyes and it was mm -hmm. just the most ingenious shit I've ever played. Uh, I just think Mobius is on like a different level to everyone else in the industry. Yeah. It's really annoying. <laughs> yeah. I think they might be the best developers ever. Yeah. Um, maybe that's not fair different developers make different things and have different aims but there's just like so many layers of creativity it's like environmental design environmental puzzling storytelling visuals revelations moments music oh music, my god yeah. and just like the, the physics stuff as well like i feel like people don't give enough credit for the physics that goes behind not just echo of the eyes but the whole of the outer wilds experience Oh, it's crazy. Like, I've never seen space simulated like this. I've never seen, I'll just say, water simulated in this way to this extent. It's just fucking crazy. 
They feel like they're from the future. And it's experiences like that that make me giddy for the whole medium of video games. Because I'm like, oh my god, if this can happen now, you know, other people play this, developers learn from other developers, stuff gets better. And it just makes me excited about the whole hobby. But um, I'll stop. I'll stop because I could... Oh my god, I could be giddy about the Outer Wilds and Echoes of the Eye. Oh, fucking night, man. Uh, it's, I it, love it. It's just the best. Um, I totally understand some of people's complaints. I understand that quite a lot of people didn't like the other area, the darker area. I don't know if it's my, I don't know, affiliation with horror or just being more familiar with that form of gameplay that made it so it doesn't bother me. But I, I loved that stuff. I just loved it. Yeah, I, and you're just, yeah. I think, more acquainted with tr like dealing with those and, and yes. know how to work with them and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I know that AI, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know debate. Yeah, yeah. I won't go too far into it. But um, yeah, I had a perfect time with it. And it was like one of my favorite things I've ever played ever. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to kind of mention it. But because I'm a weird purist with my own list... Uh, it's not a game. It's an expansion to the Outer Wilds. Uh, and it really is just like a, another location. It is, isn't like one of those, if people haven't played it, it's not like one of those things where you go down the menu and you select like a different thing and it's a different game. It really is just a different location within the Outer Wilds. Yeah, and it's the story in it just sort of is additive. It's not like a yeah. side story or anything. Like yeah. when you finish the DLC, no, nothing happens because it's just a location within Outer Wilds. Like there's no credits or anything for the DLC. You just... Keep playing the Outer Wilds. So, yeah, just me being a purist, I didn't put it at number one. Um, but I just wanted to clarify, it is the best thing I played this year by a mile. And one yeah. of the best things I've ever played in my life. And the Outer Wilds is the best game of all time. And Mobius are geniuses. And the next thing they make will make me quiver to the ground in excitement. And I will cry <laughs> like a schoolgirl. Anyway, uh. anyway, moving on to my actual number one of the year <laughs> game video game it's uh it's psychonauts 2 my number one is also psychonauts 2 hell yeah i really didn't think it was going to be your number one because you know the platforming genre yeah yeah but i also didn't think it was gonna be my number one psychonauts 2 is probably uh, i was gonna say one of the biggest surprises of the year but 2021 had a good fucking batting when it comes to surprises honestly yes oh for sure yeah and i think a lot of that is just due to like yeah you know we lower expectations going in but uh, yeah or too high expectations for other things perhaps surprises perhaps, yeah. on both ends of the spectrum yes yeah but psychonauts 2 is just kind of brilliant and it is creative on a level that you just don't see in many games. Um, again, we praised It Takes Two for being incredibly creative in specifically game design. I think Psychonauts 2 is at that level, but on everything. I think it's creative in its game design. I think it's creative in its narrative and the way the narrative ties into a sequel from fucking 15 years ago and plays yep. off of the world and events from the first game, which is just mental. Like, who does that? Like, no one can remember Psychonauts 1, and it's a perfect sequel to a 15-year-old game. Like, Yeah. I really thought it was going to be kind of more in the spin-off kind of realm. Or like the, the like soft reboot sort of thing yeah. that movies do. Or just a new story. But it's so integrated into the first game. It's like essential that you know what happened in the first game. It's insane. Yeah. 
and they just use the the format of uh, or the context of playing levels inside people's minds they use that to such great effect and to their advantage not only do they have creative freedom over the visuals of the game the level design just like the gameplay and how everything works but it also gives like depth to all the characters without them just having to like do things or talk to the camera you like see the internal mind of all these characters and without even talking to them you come out of these levels these amazing levels and you've like learnt some really deep stuff about the characters in a way which is really well handled as well i think in our review we talked about maybe being a little anxious about how they would handle mental illness and this stuff in a more i was, I was gonna say sensitive but a more detactful era than when well, yeah the more one modern yeah yeah but they don't dwell on mental illness they just dwell on humans and how each of our brains works in wildly different ways and it's so long this game it's crazy it's so long i think that's what's like so impressive about uh like whatever you want to call uh, this genre of game like platformers that feel that come from an older generation like uh marvel avengers it takes two i'm so impressed by like the length that these products are coming out at if you know what i mean like how long they mm-hmm. are because like it's got to be so much work and i guess it makes sense why it took 15 years for it to make but there there just isn't a bad level in this game there isn't a dull moment and there isn't a boring character everyone is no. so deeply flesh- fleshed out the writing is endearing creative and hilarious but it's not it's never like obnoxious it's never trying to be funny every five seconds it just comes so natural to this game in a way which is just i don't know the word brilliant is just all i want to say about psychonauts it's just so creative so interesting and it's just it's just brilliant i just think it's absolutely brilliant and i think it's borderline art but it's also an incredible game at the same time oh yeah completely yeah like you said you you covered it pretty well it's it's shocking how long it is yeah and how well put together it is um double fine i like double fine's games i've always liked their games mm-hmm. um but they've always been sort of B games, not necessarily in quality, but more just scale. And they've always been smaller games that have been well-made and and creative and fun and good-hearted and all that. But uh, they've always been a lot lighter. And Psychonauts 2 is like, I think it took me 22 hours. Damn, yeah. (laughs) It was crazy. And, And the production values from start to finish are unbelievably high. The, the variety of the art the attention to detail in the art, the music. Oh my God, there's so much good music in the game. The amount of writing and dialogue and cutscenes and all that. There, It's like six hours of dialogue mm-hmm. and it's all fantastically written. Um, you know, you, you said it well that they, they... Psychonauts 1 is a game from an era that... It, it's a game about mental health from an era that did not acknowledge mental health. So like that's kind of amazing yeah. to begin with. But also... As we discussed when I played Psychonauts, or when we reviewed Psychonauts 2 earlier this year, I played through that game for my first time right before playing this. And uh, and it holds up, holds up pretty well, but it definitely there are definitely things in it where you're like, ah, this is the 2000s, <laughs> yes, in the writing and the, the portrayals of some things. And, and the world is a lot different now uh, when it comes to discussing mental health and all these things. And... Uh, sensitive you know it's it's a touchy subject matter as it should be and uh they handle it all like so 
effortlessly. It's kind yeah. of shocking. They they get into uh there are a lot of characters in this game that have a lot of problems that they're working through and they give them enough time and enough weight the issues enough weight but they they never it's never it never gets too bogged down or too heavy and it they, they, it's like this perfect balancing act right on the edge of fun and funny but also heavy and serious yeah, yeah. and real as hell right and it it's such a weird tone and and that is you know something that the first game is famous for of course um is this mixture of serious adult problems with goofy big-headed <laughs> circus child <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and it's shocking just how how smoothly they walk that tightrope if yeah. you will yeah um nice of of with all the writing and and Again, it's kind of cheesy to say it, but a game that is so much about just like being good to each other feels like the perfect thing for 2021. Like it's a game about being good and helping and healing and all those things resonated last year. And I think we'll continue to resonate if we get more games that have those themes just because the way the world is. Uh positivity goes a long ways yeah. especially when it's not cloying or or saccharine and all this shit where you're just like or you just feel gross about how like cutesy and adorable it all is it, it never is that way and um a good heart goes a long ways and psychonauts 2 has such a good heart to it it's so lovable and loving and oh man um what was i gonna say also the um this is also the first, I just realized, this is the first, wait a second. This is the first time Microsoft has ever won a game of the year from us. Oh, really? I think it might be. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. Wow. Congratulations, Microsoft. Microsoft. Took you nine years. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I, that's, I'm being distracted. Um, yeah. I, 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 it's. It's not maybe not quite a perfect game because um, mainly like the power switching was like the one major negative, but it it's not yeah. like a huge deal because the combat is it's so well paced it's unbelievable how yeah. well paced the game is the 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 mixture of exploration in the little uh, those little open world areas are great and then you do platforming and you're discovering things and you're in dialogue and then you do a little bit of combat and then you go back to exploring, um, but. So maybe not a flawless game, but I would say I had a flawless time with it. I had a perfect time with Psychonauts 2 from start to finish. It occupied, it was a fun two weeks in August. It was when you were on your vacation. I played all of Psychonauts 1 over a three-day period, and then or four or so, I think three or four, and then rolled right into Psychonauts 2 and played that for, because I think a week, it took a week to finish, and... It was such like a shocking jump to go from Psychonauts 1 to Psychonauts 2. Um, and it's just, I remember a very distinct moment uh, in the, at the end of the casino level when you, where you do this like sort of slide and, and they're cutting in dialogue from other characters and they're like split screening it like a, like a 60s spy movie. And then you start sliding and all the kids start doing their powers and, it's like this little two-minute sequence right at the end, the big 
set piece finale of the basically the tutorial level. Yeah. And I remember just thinking in that moment, like, this is one of the best fucking things I've ever played. This is <laughs> unbelievable. I can't believe Double Fine made this game. It's yeah. so good. What the hell is going on? And that just continued for another 18 hours after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shocking. I, I, it's wild how all, basically every like uh, famous long lost game has been good. Yeah. And Psychonauts yeah. 2 is maybe it's like Half-Life and Psychonauts are just like, how did they do this after so much time? And in Double Fine's case, you know, they got bought by Microsoft and then Microsoft just said, hey, you want to keep working on Psychonauts 2 for as long as you want? Go for it. And they did and spent like another two or three years polishing it. And, and I think the boss fights had to be, re- were cut originally because they were on a Kickstarter budget that they had to maintain. And they were able to just polish the hell out of it for a couple of years. And it's like the most insane leap a studio has done, I think. Yeah. They, they've gone from making great, clever, five-hour, $20 games to making the best 3D platformer ever? I think the only, only comparison I can think of is when Gorilla chucked out Horizon out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. Gorilla? They do stuff? The Killzone people? Huh? Yeah, it's it's shocking how good Psychonauts 2 is. And I was looking forward to it and yeah, I knew too. I would enjoy it, but I did not think it would be the best thing of the year. No. By it's 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 unbelievable how good it is from mm-hmm. start to finish. It and I just I am ready to replay it already, I think. Uh there's so much creativity, so many great environments, so much great music. The Jack Black level is yeah. uh, amazing. Uh, the writing is just, it's so good. The writing is just so wonderful. It's, it's, there are, there's a lot of funny stuff in it and it just, it's so effortless from start to finish. You're just <laughs> like, how did you guys make this after 16 years? And, and they worked on, I mean, this game was started development six years ago and it's just like, it's like they didn't skip a beat. It's like, like, like we said in the, uh, in the review chat, it feels like a sequel that came out like it it feels like they just made Psychonauts 1. Yeah. And remembered everything, but also it feels like they made six sequels to Psychonauts and applied all that learning mm-hmm. to 2, and it also feels like them saying, "Well, we're never going to get to make another Psychonauts game, so let's just put it all in here and make yeah, it yeah, a 20-hour yeah. game." And it just does all those things, and it's just like I've like I said, Double Fine is great. I've always I always pay attention to what they're doing, and I'm always interested to play their games. But they like Housemark just skyrocketed up to being like, oh, now they're a Microsoft first party studio with unlimited money. Basically, hopefully they can just keep doing crazy, creative, high production value, yeah. weird, amazing things like Psychonauts too. Uh, yeah. I almost wanted to like stand up and clap when the credits finally <laughs> rolled for that game. <laughs> like it's just so good. It was oh a great ending God. as well. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's great from the first minute to the last minute. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I don't, I can't think of a 3D platformer that's ever had it all the way this game has. You know, like we said, Mario games like Odyssey, Mike Control, or or um, what's the one? Galaxy? It, you know might be full of amazing levels and controls, but there's no story in a Mario game. Right, yeah. And Psychonauts 2 is a great 3D platformer. It's maybe not quite as tight as a Mario game, but it's pretty great. Yeah. And then you layer on this extra thing of an amazing 
story and characters and yeah. it's just the whole thing it's the whole package yeah it's crazy it's crazy brilliant psychonauts 2 it's the best game of the year yeah also outer wilds it's still very good good enough good enough yeah yeah isn't, um you know we watched the game awards and it didn't get anything it was kind of hard didn't get anything yeah, it's that's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, but it got the most important award ever, which is our number one. Exactly. It's the only one that matters. Oh, yeah. Take that, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. So, yeah, people should absolutely play. Oh, and again, it's a Game Pass It's on Game, game Pass. Just it's play it. Our number one of the year is a Game Pass Microsoft published game. Yeah. It's what a world we live in. Play it. It's wild. Play yeah. it. Pay, you can pay $2.00. And pl- or one dollar even, depending on when the promotions are running, and play a twenty-two hour long masterpiece third-person platformer. Yeah. Well, we should do a few honorable mentions and then stop because the f- fucking lawnmowers are out. <laughs> I hear it. <laughs> Unbelievable! Every time. <laughs> they hate you, man. Fuck. Oh. You said you had a long list of honorable mentions. Why don't I just rattle mine off really quick? Because sure. I don't. Sure. Um, as I said, Mario Golf Super Rush yeah. is on that list. I would have been really annoyed if I had to put that game on my list because <laughs> like I said, if we had to if we had if we were strict and said it has to had to co- have come out this year and not been DLC, I would have had to have na- knocked off Outer Wilds and 13 Sentinels. Yeah. And Mario Golf would have ended up on the list and that would have been a real bummer. Uh, that would have been good though. Um, another honorable mention is the first game I played in the year of our Lord 2021, which was the first game released that year, which was Hitman 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. came out January 20th. Damn. Um, it, I have nothing really to say about it. It's more Hitman. It's still excellent. The new maps were all very good. I love that game a lot. I will get back into it again this year. It's the perfect package as well because it has... You can incorporate, you can bring forward all of the Hitman 1 and 2 levels. So it's a, it's a hell of a package now. And I had a very good time playing a decent chunk of Hitman 3 at the beginning of the year. But it was so long ago that I, I it honestly feels like two years ago that I played that. And also, it's more Hitman. We've talked about Hitman many times over the years. So I didn't feel the need to put it on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, another game I don't feel the need to put on the list, but is amazing, is Forza Horizon 5. Right, Unsurprising. Right, right. That game is excellent. I have loved all of those games. 5 is no exception. I look forward to getting back into it again. Um, the last honorable mention I want to give is to a very slight little game that I rather enjoyed called Lego Builder's Journey. Nice. Uh, it's that little Lego game. It's way overpriced because it's like a 90-minute game. Um, but, and it's very minimal. I think it, it is originally a mobile game, I believe, but it's just got a wonderful look and vibe and it's just a very cute, nice little brief experience. And I, I played it in like one sitting and thought it was just a a very nice little thing from start to finish. And, uh, you know, if it ends up on game pass or if it's on sale for like $3, it's worth checking out. Yeah, I paid, I think, I $25 will. for it, which is too Yeesh. much, but um, that's okay. I, uh, I, I, quite, I quite liked it, and uh, I would love to see more. Lego is such an untapped well, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I, oh, it's so frustrating that Lego is just still so... Uh, it's just like, here are the licensed movie games, 
And you're like, no, stop that. <laughs> I want I want a friggin' game that looks as good as this, but is basically Besiege or yeah. Nuts and Bolts That'd be cool. with Lego. Like, yeah. it's so obvious. Oh, God. Anyways, that's all. That's all for wow. me. I uh, have no multiplayer games to mention or uh, anything else, really, because... This year sucked. No, it didn't. So, it was pretty good. So Deathloop didn't even get an honorable mention? Brutal. No. Man. Not even an honorable mm, mention. Uh, I have it at 11. I, I quite like it. I honestly it. forgot Deathloop existed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Deathloop would win. I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves because we will do like a podcast or something where we give some awards. Like Deathloop is my most disappointing game of the year. Ooh, wow. Really? Yes, because, because I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, because in the first, let's say, at around like the six to eight hour mark where I thought the game was going one way, which is the way it should have gone, you know, where, as we discussed extensively, the oh, yeah. should have gone more of a hitman route or whatever. I thought it was going that road. And in those first eight hours, I was like, this might be the best game I've ever played. Like, this is so good. This might be my number one game. Like, if they're <laughs> going to do this, are yeah. they going to do this? This is number one. This is unbelievable. And then they didn't at all. And it just, <laughs> it was such a disappointment. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I should, I should give it an honorable mention yeah. because I did, I do like Deathloop. I think it's quite cool. I also think it's horribly disappointing. Yeah. I had a really uh, I, I did good, like, like it. I did like first it. five hours with Deathloop. Yeah. I think my, I would say it was more like the first 15 hours for me were quite good. And then nice. the subsequent 10 hours were, were a lot less yeah. good, but um, well, no, they weren't bad there. It's just, Oh, it's so disappointing. It's so frustrating. Cause that game is so close to being the coolest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I will give it an honorable mention. It, it deserves it, it, a mention. Yes, it does. It does. It does. I agree. It is a, it's an arcane game. I, I, I can't badmouth Arcane yeah, that, much. that much. I do like them. Uh, I, and I did like a lot of my time with Deathloop. But also, that game crashed more on me than Cyberpunk. So yeah. <laughs> I think I crashed a dozen times with that in 25 hours. So, Rough. Uh, anyways, yes. Good, good, good calling out that. Yeah. Yeah. I have, uh, I have Guardians of the Galaxy on my, mm. me- my mentions because I am liking it so far. I also have Grifflands. I have Sable. Mm hmm. Um,. I do have Inscription on here. Oh, yeah. We will maybe wait till the podcast to get into Inscription, but I did overall have a pretty good time with Inscription. I enjoyed two out of the three sections. Um, I just think overall that the game prioritized like surprise over just being a good game. Like It's more interested in being like, oh, wow, this happened, than just making the really kind of cool card format into the best card game it could be. And it just kind of irritated me. I was like, just make it a good card game. You have so much good shit here. I agree. I I, I have not finished it. I've done two of the three parts and I just don't know if I care because of exactly that. I was just sort of, I was so annoyed throughout part two. If you're not going to finish it, let me know. Because there's something at the end which made me even more annoyed. Hmm. I might finish it because I, I think the third part is probably only another like two hours, yeah. right? So when you finish it, we'll talk about it on the podcast. Cause... Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a couple of like like arty farty games that I really enjoyed this year: The Artful Escape and Genesis Noir. Yeah, 
Yeah, both those games were, yeah. Yeah, again, because, like, when it comes to, like, visual feasts, sometimes in the indie sphere, it can be a little bit, I don't know, I, I need gameplay to be there. And those were, like, the first games in, I don't know, the art-first genre where I felt treaded the line really nicely, where I actually felt like I was playing a game but also having an amazing artistic visual feast to look upon. Uh, those two were really great. I sort of thought one of them might be on your list. The Artful Escape could have been a contender for 10, for sure. Yeah, I like yeah, the Artful Escape I a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I also really like Genesis Noir. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. Yeah, Genesis I, 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 yeah. I, I like both of those games. They were, they were yeah, visually amazing. Yeah. Um, I've been having a really, really good time with Gunfire Reborn. I think you should right. get on the train because it's kind of sick. Kind of okay. sick. And then my last little mention is Little Nightmares 2. I thought was brilliant. I love Little Nightmares right, 2. Yeah, I, I would have thought that would have definitely have been on your list. Again, like my number 10, it was a battle. Right, it yeah. It was a battle for number 10. That's a good problem to have, though. Yeah. Yeah. I could have put, put any of those at number 10, honestly. I think I, think I even had Guardians there for like a little bit. Mm. Uh, I think Deathloop was there as well for a little bit. But yeah kind of pushed off sorry yeah but, but that's yeah. it it was a, it was a good year for like good stuff yes good well stuff. and you also had the best thing ever released ever made it was also good year, for so. some of the best games ever made in the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> so not bad eh? not bad yeah I, you know it, it's it was a bit sparse but uh the, there were some there were some great games this year yeah. for sure or last year whatever like top four i guess for me it's kind of five because i split my one and two are like incredible incredible games yeah, that's not bad. I would agree. Five incredible no. games a year is pretty good by me. Yeah, I, very, very similar to 2020 for me. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like, yeah. Though I, I regard Doom Eternal higher than everything on this list, but um, that's okay. You know, we get a couple of bangers, uh, incredible masterpiece games a year. I'll take it. Yeah, not bad, mate. But I guess the only thing left is to look ahead. No. Oh. <laughs> no. No, it'll just curse everything. <laughs> Okay, well, 2022 is going to be a horrible year for video games. Yeah, I, I'm not excited for anything. Elden Ring's going to suck. Is gonna suck. Elden Ring's going to suck. Horizon's going to be super boring. Not, yeah. Dynamite 2 is 500 hours long. Oh, God, yeah. No, I'm not really looking forward to anything, unfortunately. That God of War sequel is going to be a snooze fest. and will be pushed to next year. New games are not going to come out. Well... <laughs> <laughs> no we can do we can we can talk about it for real i i'm just, just i mean I, if you want we don't really know honestly except no, for february really, yeah there's like a lot of stuff again because of the pandemic that is just like in release date limbo yeah and i've learned that when people are saying it's probably gonna come out in 2022 with no release date then it's probably not gonna come out in 2022 but we'll yeah. see yeah we'll see yeah i guess the, starfield will probably come out in 2024. No. That like, game's not missing its date. Oh, boy. That, that's going to be I so interesting. I can't wait for Starfield. Wow, yeah. That's going to be crazy. Yeah. Can't believe that Maybe game's coming out. Maybe not excitement, but definite interest. I- intrigue, yeah. Yeah. Curiosity. Fascination. Um, but yeah, no. After February, it is really very, very, very empty. Yeah. Which makes sense. I, I mean, everyone is probably just trying to figure out when their games are going to come out. So... Mm-hmm. But, you know, regardless of what happens, we will be doing another one of these in probably like two months time. And it should be a big chat, right? Not top 10, I mean. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Wait, we're doing another top 10. Top 10 of February? <laughs> top 10 games of February. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, no, we will definitely have a uh, a big review podcast. Whatever the fuck, I don't know what they review are called. Review roundup? The big roundup podcast right. will definitely be big because, yeah, Dying Light, Elden Ring, Horizon, Horizon. and, you know, I don't know, maybe some other things will get mentioned, but those will definitely be the three big talking points big that I boys. can think of off the top of my head. And those are big games. Yeah. Yeah. Horizon and Elden Ring will probably be very long discussions. Oh my god, yeah. 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 And I and honestly, yeah, I'm I'm so in the need for the games that are coming in February. Just I know we I know I said like, oh, linear action games, yay, yay, yay. But also like a big juicy single player stake. I haven't had one of those in a long time. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, it, it was a very everything was light this year, which is not a bad thing. But uh, like Dying Light Two, Into Horizon, Into Elden oh Ring, my with, God. and then in my case with a lot of Destiny in the middle yeah. is uh, that's a that's a seriously heavy duty month. It's like a legendary lineup. If if those games are. 80% as good as they should be, yeah. it'll be a hell of a month. Yeah. And if Elden Ring and Horizon are as good as they could be, then oh boy. I would say the same about Dying Light, but Dying Light is sort of just like, I feel like I know what Di- exactly how I'm going to feel about Dying Light, and it's going to be a good time. I hope it's better than I expect, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I'm most fascinated about Elden Ring. Because, like you yeah. said, Dying Light and Horizon feel pretty safe, but you never know how people are going to feel about the next From Software game. And oh, I for kinda, sure. Yeah. I kind of hope that I love it and everyone else hates it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when the Same. From Software fans uh, shit their pants. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun. I am super curious about Elden Ring. Obviously, like I'm not the biggest uh, FromSoft guy, but I can. I know I can enjoy their game, so I hope that. I'm able to enjoy Elden Ring. Uh, I hope it plays a little more Bloodborne-y than Dark Souls-y because I've never really enjoyed the feel of Dark Souls games. So I'll be, we'll see. It kind of... I don't know. I mean, the horse can double jump. So can. that's already like 30,000 times more mobility than a Dark Souls game. True, had, true. So, yeah. I would say I'm most fascinated to see what the story stuff is in Horizon because right, right. story-wise Horizon is not a game that needed a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um and and story is such a huge part of what made it going through that game so fascinating. Um but I also know that there is a lot of unexplored territory in that universe still. Oh, yeah. So you know, and the the basic setup seems to be that the uh the the like environmental systems are sort of falling apart i think is what's going on Ooh, or something interesting. like that so yeah it'll be interesting to see what's the deal with the story in that game especially mm. after after the first game yeah for sure if they can have a story in that game that is maybe not quite as compelling but nearly as compelling as as the first game that'd be achievement Oof, that'll be a pretty good game also you get to play i think they said there's gonna be a 60 fps mode right Ooh. so Ooh. No way. Mm. I'm in. We're only a few weeks away from I that. Dying Light's out in like three weeks? Holy shit, I can't wait. Horizon's out in like four? Five? Five weeks from tomorrow, I think. Oh my god. But if you are here at the end of this three-hour chat, then obviously you are someone who likes long chats, so yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks' time, maybe probably a bit less than two months, you can expect mine and Jameson's long opinions on those three games. And, you know, 
If you only watch this uh, particular podcast thingy, I guess we will see you next year for our 10th one in a row. Jesus. 10 years of top 10s. Oh my God. 10 years of 10. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think we'll do two next year. We'll do our best of 2022 and the best of the last 10. I think that would be very fun. Top 10. Ranking our number ones. Top 10 of top 10? Yeah. Top 10 yeah, of sure. one? I'll just say the title will just be the the best of the best of or the top 10 of the top 10. Yeah, the top 10 of top 10 is kind of cool. Yeah, that would be a fun list. That would be, well, I know like, you know, Outer Wilds is on there, Horizons on there, Red Dead's on there. Yeah. That would be a tough, tough list. Yeah. But also like some of the earlier games, what was like the first one we did was The Last of Us. right? Right. Oh yeah, so, like, like that, the last that, generation. Long... Is, oh my god, the Last of Us is in yeah. There. So like the, we have the last generation and then, then the transitional year in 2014. Yeah, I think I think 2014 yours was um, what was the World War One? Oh, Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts. I think that was your number one. Oh yeah, that probably wouldn't stand up. Bless it. No. Yeah. Th- that was at the beginning of like the indie renaissance when all that stuff was it like was, brand new yes. and interesting. Yeah. And now, well, you know, it's not as interesting. That yeah, looking at the number ones, man. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that'll be a fun list, actually. Yeah, that'll be a really fun list to make. That'd be tough. Anyways, anyways, something to look forward to next year. Until then, guys. Thanks for listening to another one of these big, big chats. Uh, let us know down below what your top ten of 2021 was. Uh, what you're excited for in 2022. And apart from that, stay safe and all that stuff. Be good to each other, and we will see you next year for number ten. Later, guys. Goodbye. Bye.